The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Tony Darn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's... Roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Get off the couch, Panther fans. We're heading to the Church of Sportsology. Tonight's show, Carolina Panthers convert to Church of Sportsology. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We're not football experts, but we are expert football fans, and there's a lot of things to be looking forward to as the Carolina Panthers begin their rebuild from the GM to the head coach, to hopefully a team that can inspire us to not drink. My name's Tony Dunn. This is my co-host, Cody Lashney. What's up, my man? Uh, Dude, just running these Twitter streets. Big dog, you know me, man. Uh, Listen, the Panthers are at a pivotal point in their history. Yet again, Carolina Panthers have requested a bunch of different candidates on the general manager front and on the head coaching front. And you know that the C3 Panthers podcast is going to keep y'all connected as we break down all the different candidates that are at the Panthers' fingertips at this point in time. Tony Dunn, it's a Tuesday night. There's nowhere I'd rather be than hanging with my boys, talking Panther football with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. But you know I'm going to love them. It's our guy, Drew. What's up? It's my man, Diesel Skills, the brand ambassador. C3 Railtron 88, C Cody 13, what's up, C Dog? Uh, Chance Hawkins, Mossy Man 789 News, my guy C Dog, what's up, brother? Mossy, uh, Net Lion, Pan Axe, Red and White Bills, the good old days, and the real C3 AP. Tell me, done, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Welcome, Levi Johnson, new follower. You guys are awesome. Keep, damn it, pounding in 24. He said, we'll get back to right. There's some real ones in the chat from yes, Drew sir. to Panax. And, oh, there's Panther Pickle. Panther Pickle. Um, what did he do with uh, Good news for the real C3AP, um, my boy Aaron. Uh, the, the, the shirt has made it into the package. The package is addressed. And in my truck. So it could arrive in three months at this point, given <laughs> given the timeline of events for me delivering this shirt to this guy, uh, to Aaron. It's been sitting on my dresser for like three weeks. And then now it's going to be, but it is packed and packaged. I just got to go to the post office now. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are shopping for GM. They're shopping for a head coach. And so are a lot of other teams. CK, last night, uh, the 
national championship game, which I was surprised and stunned that everybody today was disappointed in because the Michigan uh, Michigan didn't have to throw the ball a lot. They ran all over and played good defense. And now uh, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, uh, joins his family members at the big boys table with the championship. His dad has a national championship. His brother has a Super Bowl. And immediately people are wondering, is Harbaugh headed for the NFL? We've got that plus other candidates, CK. Um, are we feeling – are we pressing through to optimist land now because we have new? Because the old is out, we're here on a Tuesday night. Are we finding a rejuvenated spirit to be excited on this podcast? I mean, I think always. I mean, the, every <laughs> offseason, if you, if you go into the offseason – and you don't have some sort of optimism for the future, um, man, that's tough. Uh, and I choose to be an optimist. Um, I know that there's times when we all can seem down, myself included, but, uh, man, watching that national championship has got me all in on Jim Harbaugh coming to the Carolina Panthers. Um, did I call him John Harbaugh? I did, didn't I? Uh, potentially. I mean, they're both pretty famous and they're both, yeah, pretty good they they're both do. starting with J's. It's all good. Um, and they look identical. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I think that a good coach can come in here and get the best out of a lot of these guys. And I, I'll be honest with you in, in Scott Fitterer's defense, I believe that not only is drafting these guys important, but I think developing them has, is, is equally, if not more important. And I don't feel like we've, really had a guy developing these mid to late round draft picks into anything better. Um, they all have potential. Uh, if nobody's elevating, I have a hard time believing that it, that got bitter or missed on every one of his late round draft picks. Yeah, definitely a combination of those picks and them being uh, used, utilized, developed. Um, and there has been, uh, historically through the Carolina Panthers, just a lack of development, whether it yeah. be from Ron Rivera, just slow playing every rookie to where they weren't going to play for two years, it felt, yeah. to uh, whatever went on with Matt Rule at times, which was kind of up and down and bizarre because they started a ton of rookies and then all of these guys are no longer in the team. And then, we were excited about this last staff being such a such great pedigree that they could be great teachers. An all-star staff, we said. And then you see, like, these guys that you pick in the fourth and fifth rounds at these kind of, like, a safety. Those are the guys you think actually are going to make an impact on special teams a little bit. Or not impact, but find a way through injury to get out there on the field. And we just never saw the names. Uh, we saw DJ Johnson out there once, and it felt like it was after the media asked if why is it he playing or where is this guy, and it's like all right, we had to remind him that they're on the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie Robinson bothers me the most. Is like because his name is Jamie. Well, yeah, it does, but also like all of those injuries in the secondary. We had safeties get hurt, we had corners get hurt, and it was just like, man, I thought we would just hear his name once. I didn't hear his name at right. training camp once. I didn't hear it throughout the season. So, yeah, we are looking for a coach uh, in a GM that can work lockstep. And if you look towards Tennessee, big news out of Tennessee today as they fired Mike Vrabel 
And it looks like this, guys, is that that comes largely because an inability for these coaches and the GMs to work together in what they called lockstep, even though they said they were. And you brought in a GM while you already had a head coach. And so now they're trying to get on the same page. Mike Vrabel described as the, the – I uh, heard an interview with the play-by voice of the Titans – and he confidently said Mike Vrabel was a top five coach in the NFL earlier this season. I mean, he's and, been to the playoffs most seasons with the with the Titans. Yeah, um, I'm almost guaranteeing that he's going to go and be the Patriots' next head. Yeah, I think so. Coach after uh, B- Bill Belichick is out the door, which everybody pretty much agrees that he's out the door. Uh, just a disclaimer: there's a few people that we didn't add to our little presentation that we're about to get to. Strictly because who you are about to see, the guys that we're about to preview for all of you today, both from the GM side and the head coaching side, are all guys that the Carolina Panthers have actually requested to interview. So we know Harbaugh is a big name. They just won a national championship uh, with Michigan. Congratulations to them. Uh, Our boy Eric, who has been a member for 15 months, says ice up to all the haters. Go blue. Congrats, man, to you and your college squad. Uh, White chocolate says no optimism until uh, the team is asked into improvement. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to break down the the candidates that we know that the Panthers are actively looking at to be in the next positions of power for this team, man. And um, a lot of these guys you might not know at all. Some of these guys you might be very familiar with. But overall, I think this is going to be good for our entire fan base to, as we move into this process, to learn a little bit more about these guys, these sportsology, um, you know, clients that have uh, that are being brought to David Tepper uh, by these guys that are looking for him. So I think it ought to be a fun show tonight. Move up the ranks of the C three Church of Sportsology by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing to the show. You can become uh, a member of get your own planet for a dollar ninety nine a month um, as a C three super fan. Uh, we will guarantee you a heavenly planet uh, to converse among the stars of C three nation and uh, call yeah. into the show at two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You can take over the congregation for a moment and have your voice be heard. Cody Lack, let's jump into this. And I might even have a candidate or two in here that we have that might not even be in the presentation. So hit me. Hit me. The Carolina Panthers are starting their general manager search. And I got to say this is I was stunned as all these names are starting to come out very quickly, which I shouldn't be because this needs to happen. This is something that's going to you really need to get moving first so you can then get that coach higher right i hope that's i pray and hope that's the way it's gonna go adam peters not on the fucking list and we interviewed him last time yeah mike borgonzi not on the list which is another name that people were talking about too so yeah i mean there's a few notable absences again this process is probably pretty far from over but we know that the carolina panthers and david tepper have converted to the church of sportsology they are helping david tepper find these candidates uh at head coach at gm and listen tony we always say that a good organization is supposed to hire the gm before you hire your head coach because that gm is supposed to inform the decision that you make about your head coach so 
with that in mind, I said, let's jump in to the general manager tracker. The guys that we know the Carolina Panthers are looking at to run the organization next. And, and let's just jump into it. The first up is Brandon Brown, uh, an assistant general manager for the New York Giants. In his second season with the Giants, he hoped to rebuild a roster that went to the playoffs last season. Prior to joining the uh, prior to joining the Giants, he spent five years with the Eagles, where he was a director of player personnel. He also worked for the Colts and as an intern with the Jets and as a recruiter uh, at Boston College, a former defensive back at Fordham, and holds a law degree. So I've done a little research on this guy. Um, again, he has a law degree. He's incredibly intelligent. He's helped be a part of some organizations that have turned things around. And uh, he was one of the first names that really came out to be interviewed. So every time yeah. I read his name, I think it's Brandon Bean. Hmm. As soon as like I see it on no. Twitter, my mind automatically goes, why is Brandon Bean looking for a job? Brandon Brown, uh, Brandon Brown law degree recruiter from Boston college. I wonder if we could get old. Uh, um, who was it? We brought somebody on. Uh, it's going to come to me in a second. He is a wide receiver coach at Boston College, I believe. Maybe it's probably too far in that guy's rear view, career rear view. Brandon Brown associated with the Giants, um, who, to be honest, the Giants have some talent on their team. Right. Yeah. They have done some good things. Um, the Eagles, you got to like that. Um what do you think about this? Is I, I guess for me, yeah. the two things that I like about it, law degree and good-looking fella, good hair. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, he's also, um, you know, he's worked with players before. So not only is he a player himself, but he was a, he was a recruiter. Uh, I think that there's something about, uh, you know, especially during free agency, uh, about being able to bring guys in and sell them or uh, to have them buy in on what you're selling. And I think that's a big time part of the job that doesn't get talked about enough. And it, it seems as though uh, Brandon Brown is somebody that does have a little bit of that background. Um, so I, I like that. I like someone that can be convincing and somebody that can drive the point across as to what the, the vision of the Panthers would be that they're trying to build. I, I think that's uh, that's not bad at all. Law degree means he could be an agent, too, if he wanted to. I think. Yeah, so he might have some connections. That's a great point. Uh, again, we already have a bunch of them, so we'll just kind of run through some of these. Uh, next up, we have Ed Dodds, who is assistant or assistant general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. Dodd interviewed for the opening here in 2021, but withdrew his name from consideration during the process. He has been with the Colts since 2017, having previously worked in the Seahawks front office with former Panthers GM Scott Fitter, boo, as they built a Super Bowl winner there. Dodds got his start uh, in the league as a pro scout with the Raiders. Now, I like that. I love it anytime a guy comes from a scouting background because it means that part of his job at one point in his life was evalu evaluating talent at key positions and then bringing them up, like actually scouting players and looking at what they do. And Tony, considering we have not drafted well, I think that's a big time trait that a lot of Panther fans want is someone that does know how to evaluate talent and isn't necessarily just going to designate all of that decision making to the scouts, you know, below him or the coaches or what have you. 
I think it's important to kind of know what the life of a scout is to a little bit. And that is what they need to be doing, how they could be spending their time. So it's not just volume. One of the things I didn't, I'm not, wasn't in love with when we heard Dan Morgan talk about their pre-draft process or whatever is like how they wrote like 3000 player write-ups. Yeah. And while that sounds like you're doing due diligence, it it sounds like overkill. It seems like you need to be focusing on realistic possibilities. You're spreading your focus too thin on a majority of players that will never have anything to do with the organization. Yeah, seriously. And then is like how thorough and how in depth could those be? Can you allocate your time a little bit more in a focused manner? So I wonder if being a scout, uh, the life of a scout can help inform you on the process of organizing a scouting department a lot. I mean, I don't wonder. I'm sure that would be some good insight. I'm also stunned when GMs haven't been scouts at some point. Like, to me, that's odd. It's like, uh, that seems like a number one intern job. Even if you're already like, uh, like somehow you know the owner, and so you got moved up the front office too fast, it feels like you should have to do a ride along with the scouts from time to time. Yeah, I mean, it feels like such an important part of the job, and you'll see here in some of the coming candidates that some guys come from a um, a contract management background where they're dealing with salary caps and determining how much they're going to pay players. Um, there are different different avenues to get to a general manager job and not everyone is is the same but i totally agree with you like especially if you aspire to be a gm you know like it's kind of been said that scott fitter supposedly was a consensus builder that he looked to come to a consensus with all of his constituents around him whereas i don't mind it if we have a general manager who knows what he's seeing in the player and has the conviction enough to say hey I've been around these types of guys before as a scout. I know what it looks like. That's it. This is what it looks like. This is what the Panthers need some more of. Uh, I think that is a huge trait for our next GM to be able to have. Uh, we can say this why CK isn't here because uh, we got great hair. Right <laughs> now, this guy's falling down the ranks of our power rankings because he does not have great hair. Not a good look. Uh, Looker, Ladane says he looks like a yes man. He's got Sean <laughs> Payton lips. Great jawline. Dude, he can cut a boulder yeah. in half with that jawline. <laughs> yeah, got Sean Payton lips. All right, let's who's up next. All right, up next on the docket, we have Mike oh, this Greenberg. Is yeah, the assistant general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, in his first season as assistant GM, uh, uh, last, this past season, he spent 12 years in football administration with the Buccaneers, working on all aspects of the salary cap, contract negotiations, compliance with the NFL collective bargaining agreement, as well as the club's financial and strategic planning. He helped the Bucks win three straight NFC South division titles while navigating a complicated cap situation and that that's an understatement the tampa bay buccaneers have had one of the worst salary cap situations for the past few years and, and yet the fact that the buccaneers have three titles in a row i mean that well, does Tom Brady. Volumes. right of course um but also this is what i was telling you about tony that they do come from different worlds um you, you have mike greenberg who 
comes from the salary cap and contract negotiations, which is very important, man. The, the general manager does so many things that fans don't even think of, like hiring different members of the medical staff, uh, the, the, the equipment staff. All of these different things are uh, their tasks on the general manager. So it, he seems to be a business-oriented guy that would have experience doing all those things. This guy's not getting the job. Tepper's like, I got that business part down, fella. Or maybe he's <laughs> like, uh, no, leave the football to me. I need a businessman in here. Um, I saw this, and I, it made me – it tickled me. I probably shouldn't be tickled at – Somebody else is a mistake and somebody probably that I like and I've been that person before. It was a small or newer Panthers podcast blog, something like that. I can't even remember which one it was. Um, the As the names were coming out, the quickness of Twitter to try to hit the streets with the names and being like, oh, Panthers. He put up a picture. They said Panthers requested an uh, interview with Mike Greenberg. And then they put a picture up of the ESPN guy. They, <laughs> yeah. they deleted it. Not the same one. That's the first thing I would be Googling because I've been got like that before is like, hey, is there more than one Mike Greenberg in the world? Turns out there are. This guy doesn't have any of that um, scouting background that we talked about. Yeah. I did see a tweet today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, maybe because their cap situation was so bad that they played the most undrafted free agent snaps in like the league. Mm -hmm. you know so like they had undrafted free agents actually contribute to their team this year right right that's important. Uh, you know so that was interesting to me but uh yeah. in between hair he's got and looks like a good decent thickness there decent yeah, strong, strong hairline big chin uh, or not yeah, big, pointy chin definitely a pointy chin uh i mean he looks like a business guy yeah he Again, does like he does like will love guy. him yeah, and uh, by the way, Stephen Bailey, I like this comment. Uh, as per Sportsology, 72% of current NFL GMs come from a scouting background. The NBA only has 50%. Why? Scouting and managing aren't the same skill set. That's a great comment, too. Like, you know, uh, being able to identify talent uh, rather than micromanaging the organization and building up. Like, I think sometimes that's why a lot of these guys who – are good at one of these things that come in and they're not necessarily built to scout or built to manage. And then that's when things can kind of go downhill kind of fast. I know it was even hinted that the Panthers might be interested in looking for a vice president of player personnel along with the general manager, Tony. I don't know if that was confirmed, but I did hear that. Now, this rumor. was Joe person trying to suggest that it might be worth having a buffer position between the front office and David right. Tepper. So maybe bringing back a position like that. Clearly yeah, David Tepper is not interested in that. He's like, dude, we don't need that. We say we pay or I'm paying coaches for the next 10 years, bro. I ain't got money to pay. No handler for me. Um, one of the things I think Dave Gettleman had his background in scouting. He was a big film guy. Oh big yeah, guy. that's why I love him. Listen, I know everybody <laughs> talks so much shit about Dave Gettleman now, but dude, for a time, he was Panther Nation loved that dude. They yeah, loved him, I at, loved the him at the mic. Yeah, yes, man. All of his like idio sequences, like "Don't shop hungry" or "Big men allow you to win the football." That's something I really miss. Is that when you have a GM? on the mic that actually likes to let 
you know, not, not necessarily give up, um, you know, the, the entire recipe, but they'll, they'll give you some hints on how they look at evaluating talent, how they build their roster. I love those types of things. I eat that shit up. Yeah. Dave Gettleman's problem was he didn't take his own advice. Uh, he yeah. ended up shopping hungry for corners after the Josh Norman thing. And that's when things came off the rails. And uh, sometimes he said some, hey, this was one of his idiosms or he said, uh, sometimes you got to let a big dog walk. <laughs> and uh, he was talking about, I think it was when we let star Latula go and we had to keep, and we kept KK and they, he tried to uh, use yep. Vernon Butler as a negotiator. Yeah, remember we, we didn't know if we were going to pay KK. So then we drafted Vernon Butler. God, what a bust that guy. Yeah. Was. The thing with, um, with Gettleman is his success and his charisma ended up making him so liked in the beginning. He bought into his own ego. That's what happened with Dave Gettleman is he started to believe Dave Gettleman was the piece that was making this happen. And when you yeah. like, once especially, that when you hear how Cam, big, especially when you hear how Cam Newton talks about Dave Gettleman, oh, yeah. Dave is, yeah, that's definitely something. Uh, Which that seems like it should be a coach's decision to bench 100%, players. Thousand percent. I, I I agree with that. I wonder was that 2016 that that happened? Yeah, that was 2016 because that was that come down to earth year after the after the Super Bowl. Yeah, Michael Orr got concussed in the beginning. And we went to play Monday Night Football in Seattle, and they benched Cam Newton for the first play of the game, and Derek Anderson threw an interception egos they're real folks um luckily uh, the c3 panthers podcast doesn't have a big ego because we only have friends up here we're not the biggest but we are the mightiest panthers podcast out there at least the longest running uh dave gentleman's ego dave tepper's ego alec Hallaby. this guy yeah. doesn't have an ego but boy he might have the best hair so far, bro. He looks like he'd be a character on Parks and Recreation. I don't know <laughs> if anyone ever seen that show. He looks uh, like a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, dude. He, he looks like he would be in like a like a sitcom. Uh, he kind of just has that <laughs> as a great head of hair, great yeah, ears, big, big bro, pronounced ears, strong jaw. Uh, yeah, good looking know, fella. Uh, good yeah, looking and I've young. already seen this name. And by the way, I've already seen this name mentioned in the chat room. Zach says this is the guy I want. As GM, so let's learn a little bit more about him, man. He's the assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. Who Can't do it better than the Eagles, dude. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, um, so Halby spent 16 years with the Eagles, rising through the ranks, starting as an interim, moving up through player personnel, special assistant to the GM, and several years as VP of football operations and strategy. Halby focuses on player evaluation, check, roster management, check, and resource allocation, check. check. The Harvard graduate has also check. led the Eagles through uh, an integration of traditional and analytical methods in decision-making. Tony Dunn, that last sentence has David Tepper written all over it, dude, through merging analytical and business trends and decision-making from roster evaluation uh, talent management, dude. I I think that this guy should be a very strong candidate for the Panthers, and he's a young guy too, man. You would have this guy around your organization for a long time. And yes, John Ralphio is the name that I'm thinking of. Thank you, Alice Taylor. Um, 
I don't know anything about this guy other than this paragraph. Okay. Uh, but I do. Yeah, we had never heard of him before, which is right. surprising. Uh, I like, I like this paragraph in a couple of ways. One is your associate, the Eagles have been putting together some prime rosters for the last decade, right? They have found a way to merge young and new talent and acquire free agents and be really just, it seems like powerhouse rosters every year, a really strong roster. In fact, I mean, look, they went 11 and one or whatever to start. And it's a disappointing year. And they just are getting crippled by injuries late. They've yeah. lost a bunch of assistants. Uh, what really sticks out to me though, why I like this guy one, I think youth is important because it takes a certain energy um, to do these jobs. I think too, that when you get like, if we went and got like a Bill Polian or some of these like old hats, like they're too far in the past. Like you kind of need one person that with one foot of experience and one foot of youth, right. To get that kind of prime time spot out of them. That final set. Well, one, I like player evaluation, roster management, resource allocation, Whoever wrote this, this they did a good job pre pressing this candidate right here. That last they sentence, did. though, I like this because I think analytics are important, but like st all statistics have to be used in a proper way. Like, yeah. I don't think you can just live and die by what the mathematical probability is all the time. Sure. And he said, and it says traditional integration of traditional and analytic methods. That to yeah. me if that is accurate suggests that like, Hey, we can use analytics to inform our decision, but not always be the only decision maker or else we would just get chat GBT to be our coach. Yeah. And listen, uh, Nick Casario. No. Uh, what's the, what's the GDM for the, for the Eagles? His name escapes me right now. Everybody uh, can say this. Howie. Like the best. Yeah. Howie Roseman. Or, uh, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. He's been the best general manager, I feel, uh, I feel like for the past couple of years. Him and, and Lynch. Yeah. And the fact that Alec Howby has been there 16 years, that means he's been through two Super Bowl runs with the organization. He's been through all of their recent trades and you know, changing think of all quarterbacks, the, yeah, think changing of, think coaches. Of the, think of all the guys that they've brought in, yeah. uh, in, in free agency. Think about all the great players that they've drafted uh, hiring again, Nick Sirianni. Right. Again, hiring Nick Sirianni after you've lost a bunch of coaches, they've been able to kind of rebuild and revamp that coaching staff. Uh, Tony, just after learning about them and then hearing other people in the chat room saying that this is the guy they want. Uh, I think this is a very strong candidate. And dare I say, one of the favorites, like one of the very top. Yeah, just would uh, check and, every box that Tepper wants. And again, uh, just to listeners, expert football fans, not football experts, with these GM candidates, a lot of a few people are going to know a lot about any of these candidates that are outside of these organizations that have directly worked with them, whether you're professional media or whether you are uh, internet hacks like ourselves. Um, CK, how long until what year are we uh, on this podcast going through a search for guys like this? And it says um, integration of traditional analytics and AI decision making in football operations. Is that Ooh. 
Uh, like, uh, when is that coming on the horizon? It's got to be around. Oh, it's probably there. I think that there's um there's a potential of that hitting, but I I think just like with all of this AI stuff, we're just scratching the surface of it, and I don't know how quickly we're going to progress for things like football, right? I just there's a part of me there's there's a difference between learning language and learning what it is about Patrick Mahomes that makes him Patrick Mahomes, True. right? Uh, and, and so you can learn how to how to write a poem and how to maybe even create art, but when do you learn what correlation and causation is when it comes to what made Tom Brady be incredible? Or yeah, and to the point where it's not just interpreting other people's interpretations right and right. you know so you're it's, not, like, I, it's like it could just spit out a bunch of reasons other people have said right. tom brady is right and, but but again there takes like there takes a human touch to it like the nfl football is not played on a spreadsheet you know the of data and analytics and i know that sounds so cliche but you know there a lot of decisions are being made with analytics that completely don't even factor in team dynamics, how your if your team is banged up or not. I, there's so many things that I feel like it doesn't consider that um, it is required in jobs like these. That it it, it kind of scares me when they depend too much on the analytical side of things. Panax says AI is being used for analytics in analytics for other things like running pay-per-click campaigns and on Google. Yeah. I mean, it can interpret massive amounts of data. This is not an AI question here, but I was watching the uh, national championship last night and I had an idea and and I know that the play clock limits how many voices you could have in your head or something like this. Mm -hmm. I wonder are our teams in their microphone communication sometimes running the offense is predicated on what that defense is doing i wonder if you ever have your defensive coordinator get in the ear of the offensive coordinator and say they're in a blah 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 i'm Sh- sure it does this is the check right? play. They're like here consider this check play and then get off the mic real quick you know, you wonder is like, how oh, does I was trying to, th- I was just thinking about this is how does the defensive eye help the offensive eye and how does the offensive eye help the defensive eye? Oh, small thing. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. I think that's also good for coaching. Like, like, you know, I don't know in the microphone how much they go back and forth, but I know in meetings and stuff like that, they have to. Right, right. Uh, yeah, bring things up and make their suggestions. All right. uh, uh, this guy yeah. picks all the boxes with the hair. Uh, yes, he does. Yes, he here does. Here comes CK's uh, favorite candidate right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great, great beard. Uh, similar colored beard to yeah. CK's. Yeah. And listen, hey, here, dude, here on the C3 Panthers podcast, we love a good beard. Okay, shout out to <laughs> my boy CK. Shout out to Greg. Uh, yeah, dude, we love a good beard. And I think... Um, uh, a, a professional man with a beard. It's a good look. It's a good look. I have to say so myself. It's a now, new day. The kids these days wear beards to work. Oh, dude. So, look, we are now looking at Kai Harley. He is the assistant general manager uh, and a VP of football operations for the New Orleans Saints. Oh, now, before you start judging, here. before you start bringing uh, the division rival top, uh, keep in mind that the Saints, they've been good drafters for a long time now. Obviously, they've had some misses, 
but this man has been under Mickey Loomis for a long time. Mickey Loomis is a very highly regarded general manager, and apparently this is a, a burgeoning talent in that organization. Uh, his background is a former financial analyst. Uh, Harley made a name for himself working with salary caps, both in positions with the league office and since joining the Saints in 2018. In his 16 seasons with New Orleans, Harley has worked with the pro and college personnel departments to prepare for free agency and NFL draft. His primary duties now include contract negotiation, strategic planning slash management of the Saints salary cap and roster management. So kind of a jack of all trades, does a little bit of everything for the organization. He's sat under people for a while, so he kind of knows the ins and outs of the business. And again, I like that last sentence, Tony. Um, uh, strategic management of the salary cap and roster management. Those are two very important things uh, that general manager like has it. to be able to do. Kev says analyst, financial analysts for the Saints. Nah, I disagree. Is the financial yeah, they know the for voodoo. the Saints They know the voodoo, man. They know the salary cap isn't real. Bring him be here. asking this dude to do his taxes. <laughs> That's what he's going to be doing. It's like, hey, mm. man, uh, maybe I could just hire you as my tax accountant. Um, hey, all uh, right, Kai quick, Harley. Uh, Christian Hunt says, love that you guys are doing this. Dude, we love that you guys are loving this. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell if you're enjoying the content, man. We're not even halfway through. All right, who's next? Uh, let's see, hey, did you have any uh, comments? Wanted to make sure we didn't jump over you. No, no, I think, uh, I mean, we've talked about the Saints and how they've been able to just maneuver around the cap and uh, how it seems like it's just it never they're they're somehow 70 million dollars under the or over the cap every year and still find a way to sign you know tyron matthew or some yeah. other big Derek Carr over a hundred million dollars right. they always you know. get the guy that uh ck we always the guy that i want the saints always get and then we get them five years later um what was his name was it uh jameer bird darius bird what was his name? He was a safety for us. Uh, and he came from Buffalo and he was like such a high profile name. Then he went to the Saints and then we got him like eight years later. Um, anyway, mm. uh, the re- yeah. the rivals, the rivals. Uh, I don't this guy, uh, the hair troubling to me for someone that can't grow a beard. This is not an appealing to me. A little bit receding, but it's also got the fade too now. Yeah. So you uh, know, there's no real kind of scouting background here, though. He says right. it worked with the pro in college. So okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. That's the voodoo, point. the money voodoo. That would be. Yeah. So more on more on the salary cap side, on the negotiation side, and less on the scouting side. So again, we're weighing the pluses and minuses of all these different characters. Um, next Jarius up, we have Bird. That's who it was, Jarius Bird. Yeah, next up, we have Champ Kelly, the interim general manager for the Las Vegas Raiders. Kelly interviewed for the opening here in 2021 when he was the assistant director of player personnel for the Bears. He moved to the Raiders' assistant as GM in 2022 and took over as interim midseason this year with the firing of Dave Ziegler. A former receiver and defensive back at Kentucky, he has worked in a variety of roles in football from the minor leagues to working as a contract advisor. So, again, a little bit of everything, but he has some experience, um, one, as a player, and two, 
um, as a, a contract advisor, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> um, I don't think David Tepper would be able to bully this guy. Okay. He looks tough. He looks like he a does. very nice man, but I can he tell he's strong. He looks like he has very body. strong shoulders. Yes. Yeah. He's got a football body there. Yeah, not a bad hairline too. Got a good uh, head yeah, of hair. Good hair makes that cut. Um, we don't. Nothing uh, ever makes me get excited though when I hear the Raiders. Yeah, they haven't been a big enough stability. Yeah. the past few years at all. Not so. his fault though. Yeah, but look, is I always get. Um, uh, it's kind of funny some of these people that are getting. Not, and I'm. I'm I guess I'm picking on this guy specifically, but it's like Bears, Raiders, yuck. You know, the last guy was uh, Eagles or there was a couple of good teams in there. So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Still a few more left to get through. Uh, We have Nick Mateo. Sounds like he could be a listener. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He's he's a super fan. Dude, dude, he's probably in the chat room right now, bro. We We got 145 people watching. I'm sure he is. Uh, so look, uh, this is Nick Mateo. He's the vi- the VP of football operations for the Baltimore Ravens. So there you go. Another good team oh, great that team. has done very well in recent years. Before joining the Ravens, Mateo spent nine years with the NFL Management Council, eventually being named to the NFL Senior Director of Labor Operations. Since joining the Ravens in 2019, Mateo has been placed in charge of negotiating the contracts for every draft pick during that time. That doesn't mean anything, though. Okay. I'm just saying. But it says every. Okay, hang on. Let me make sure I get the wording right. Uh, Mateo has been placed in charge of negotiating the contracts for every draft pick during that time. He oversees all the football administration in Baltimore, including all general roster transactions. This sounds like pretty well, uh, pretty good experience though, right? Yeah, it's like experience. the nitty gritty of running a team experience. Right. It right sounds there. like he's very involved in the day-to-day operations of the Baltimore Ravens. Can we say Nick Mateo uh, and uh, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh talking over lunch, getting Jim Harbaugh to be the Carolina Panthers head coach. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people in the chat room are already bringing up. Pair him with your boy, Todd Munkin. Bring them over as a duo. Yeah, and yeah. Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin is indeed on the list. Or a Harbaugh. He might he could even get the Harbaugh in there. Yeah. Uh, look, very sweet eyes. I feel like this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a nice dude. This is a guy that's dude, like your friend been, in life. Like, dude, he's, like, he's like a real sweetheart. He uh, you know I mean? he still hangs out with his buddies from high school. Absolutely, like, they're still invited over for Christmas. Their mothers love them. Oh, dude, absolutely! Shout out Nick Mateo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude. This is the winner, dude. This is uh, dude. a politician. This, this is the winner. <laughs> dude, I know y'all already saw the 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 message. On I'll let y'all determine what sticks out the most about him. Um, Ty is off center. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, All right, Brandon Tillis, um, vice president. All right, yeah, Brandon Tillis, uh, the vice president of football operations for the Kansas City Chiefs. He also interviewed for the Panthers GM job in 2021, has 14 years of experience with the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Coming from a salary cap and contract negotiations background, in his current role, he works alongside GM Brett Veach in multiple areas, including cap management and roster strategy. Negotiated a record-breaking deal for Patrick Holmes, uh, which runs through the 2031 season. He's been the comment section is wild know, right now, dude. It's been three I'm years that the league off is working for the management council. I'm trying so hard to fucking nervous. God damn that head. Uh, uh, Kristen Ledeau. Oh, y'all are going one. to hell, bro. But, Dude, is that Herman Monster? <laughs> uh, Kristen Ledeau has my favorite one already. He looks like my cousin Rocco. Of course, she has a cousin named Rocco, number one. Yeah. And of course, uh, I can imagine him looking just like that. Kev says, look at that Peyton Manning <laughs> Pickle, you, Pickle, you said you were going to bed. Go to bed, Pickle. Looks like Jake DeLone. <laughs> That's a huge forehead. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Gigolo, male Gigolo? Yeah, that's a huge bitch. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> oh, man, this guy. He never grew into his head. Oh, dude, we're going man, to There's hell. a lot of football smarts up in there. That <laughs> dude's fucking better. He has a lot of real estate up there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the uh, Nervos called him a nuclear warhead. Worst <laughs> hair so far. I mean, he's got a good head of hair. It's got a lot of acreage to cover, dude. <laughs> dude played in Alien and Mars Attacks. Looks like Frankenstein. Bro, did y'all hear my voice cracking up as I was reading that shit? Trying to- <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh. Oh man. man! I blame y'all, man. Y'all are throwing me off today, man. Y'all are imagine uh, the press conferences they would have. Uh, the, hey, comments, yeah, the comments, the comments for five head man. Shout oh, out to man. him, dude. All right. What do you think about the Patrick Mahomes contract though? Because ten year contract seems wild, but also it has not necessarily been a giant handicap. It seems like for the Kansas city chiefs, I know that people try to say that they couldn't do They offered Tyreek money. It's not like they didn't try. Um, I almost wonder if, and maybe this was very cerebral. (laughs) (laughs) He's very cerebral. Oh God. Y'all are dumb as hell. Uh, uh, he was very forward thinking on that uh, uh, contract, you know, in some ways. All right. Uh, interesting. That one just right there is a sweet boy. That's a sweet boy. He's got a giant head. Hold on. Dude, I almost feel like we should read the background again just because I, <laughs> I, I feel like we're, we're just. I'll read it so you don't laugh. Yeah, please do. Uh, <laughs> Vice President of Football Operate. We'll go back. I can't read it if it's not on the screen. Oh, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> is this CK pulling him up? What is it? Yeah. Hey, you say he Who are like these? He looks like the thumbs from Spy Kids. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um,. Uh, we're All right. Know. His name is Brad Tillis. Brad Tillis. Brad Hugehead Tillis, Vice President of Football Operations for the Kansas City Chiefs. He also interviewed for the Panthers GM job in 2021. How did we not get this picture then? Yeah, was really? that picture? I would have remembered this picture. Now, he this has- is one that sticks in your head. 
<laughs> well done. He has 14 years of experience with the chief, comes from a salary cap and contract negotiations background. His current role, in his current role, he works alongside GM Brett Veach in multiple areas, including cap management and roster strategy. Negotiated the record breaking deal for Patrick Mahomes, which runs through the 2031 season. Also spent three years with the league office working with the management council. No scouting background. Again, another guy that yeah. is. And if you hire a guy like this, does this mean Suleiman out the door? Dude, I'm wondering about everyone in the organization. I'm wondering about Suleiman. Um, and then the, the last man up on the list. And I, I had to make my own little uh, slide for him because he wasn't listed on the Panthers website. But our very own Dan Morgan. And Tony, if you remember a few years back when we were hiring uh, Fitterer, that first go around, I've been a fan of Dan yeah. Morgan for a long time. I've said his name almost every time that we've been looking for a general manager. Um, Morgan's front office is front office experience started in Seattle in 2010 in his second season with the Seahawks. He was named assistant director of pro personnel, a position he held for four seasons from 2011 to 2014, including their Super Bowl. Oh, I can't figure that out. Victory. Later promoted to the director of pro personnel in 2015, where he was responsible for guiding the uh, pro and advanced scouting efforts for the club. So we know Dan Morgan has that scouting background. We know that he's a player. Uh, he was uh, selected 11th overall by Carolina in the 2001 NFL draft. Morgan played seven seasons for the Panthers and tallied 390 tackles and 11 takeaways. The comments are still cleaning up. Uh, <laughs> the real C3A people can watch, a, can movie watch a movie on that for it. <laughs> um, I'm pulling for him. And now more than ever, I'm pulling for him. Uh, because of, uh, you know, and so, uh, poor Dan Morgan. Poor Dan Morgan. Uh, he's put in his time. Right? Like, he yeah. has worked uh, since for 10 years with the um, with the Seahawks, then he did another five or six, you know, or whatever. So he's done his 14 years of coming up through the ranks. And sadly, he got hitched to the Panthers in a time where it doesn't um, help your resume. No. And I was talking about this um, on Twitter earlier today. I feel like everyone are, everyone's crucifying Dan Morgan for the sins of David Tepper, Matt Rule, and Scott Fitterer, and to a lesser degree, Frank Reich, man. I mean, he has turned around. He's helped turn around the Seattle Seahawks in a certain capacity. He was with the Buffalo Bills well, from 2000. There. Right, but he was with the Buffalo Bills in the front and, office from 2018 to 2020. And their turnaround. And, right, and their turnaround when they drafted a quarterback and helped uh, construct and shape that roster around Josh Allen. He had a huge hand to play in that. Uh, and listen, Dan Morgan is not my first choice at this juncture, but I'm also of the mindset that you could probably do a lot worse than Dan Morgan. I love that Carolina connection, and I do think that uh, he does have a good ability to um, evaluate college uh, college players and prospects that are going to be coming through the draft. Again, nobody really knows what was him, what was Fitterer, who was pounding the table for what guy over the other. But um, I, I would not be mad at Dan. I would. 
his football style did not does not match his personality. He's so mild mannered and like reserved in the microphone, like on the microphone. Uh, and he was just a played with reckless abandon on the football field. That's why he had to retire early. Where he was susceptible. He's uh, the first Luke Keekley, great football player. Problems with concussions. To me, is this is. Sadly, Those are all of them, by the way. Those are all the GM candidates, uh, unless you have more that I didn't have in the slide. No, I don't. I don't know if I have any more. Um, the the just is look. This is just guilt by association, you know. And I don't. He's not my choice anymore. He was my choice last go around. At and the reason time, being yeah. is one, um, his fingerprints are involved with this Panther team, and I want the crime scene cleaned i don't want to come home from the murder oh yeah i gotta go somebody got murdered in my house and then there's blood still on the wall um <laughs> yeah they, you know but that's and, and i think your point is also very fair cody what you were talking about and very reasonable is that yeah this might not have anything like we're just associating this guilt by association right. in so many ways it was low down on the decision making totem pole I am curious, though, um, and this is why I don't think he'll survive this, is that the Panthers kind of put him out in the mic a lot in front, like, as a representative through the draft. Like, they yeah, felt like he was there. He was there a lot. And so, to me, I think that that shows his involvement's going to be too closely associated with those people. The brand ambassador says, is Dan the baby in the bathwater? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's just as guilty. We yeah. don't know. We don't know. Uh, um, tell me, uh, what did you say before we uh, I'm gonna take jump some into calls. the... That's what I'm saying. Before we jump into the coaching uh, candidates, uh, those were all the GMs. Uh, we're about to jump into the coaching candidates. But why don't we take some cat calls from our wonderful viewers in C3 Nation. If you would like to call into the show, that number is 252-228-5098. Have your voice be heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Um, it's not even showtime, bro. It can't be showtime, but it's Lou from Fort Myers. What's up, Lou? Boy, I got some good news and some bad news for y'all. We fired the cuck. The cuck with the yeah. cuck in his hand. Fire, you We Fired fitters. No apple pie fitters, no more. Fired <laughs> of this damn cuck. Bad news is they let go Ron Rivera. Oh, poor Ron. Y'all know what the fuck is about to happen. I'm what? not be damn surprised What's if about we to go happen? pick up another losing-ass coach. Because Frank Wright wasn't a winner. Frank Wright was a loser. Frank Wright was a, I tried was a loser. It. I didn't want him. I want Wilk. I still want Wilk. Wilk is the only motherfucker in this goddamn organization to show me that we can make up with whatever we have. Last year, what did we have last year? DJ Moore and DJ Walker? And we talking about playoffs? 
And then y'all talk about, oh, we're not talented enough. I've seen a less talented Panthers team be confident. Bro, I've seen it. It's it's not like I'm calling on a Monday because I'm listening to the show and I got to get this out, man. I'm tired of oh, Bro, here's what we do. It's GM, fat boys everywhere. Tony, I'm down for it. Every single round. I'm talking we're starting from the tackles, work your way to the guard, to the center. Show all those fat fuckers that on their line right now, you're going to lose your job if you don't step the fuck up to a rookie. You're going to lose your damn job. And if they get hurt, right, because I feel like some of them don't want to play hard because they might get hurt, then you have a backup, right? Then you have a backup. But, bro, I'm tired of, oh, we don't got the talent. We don't got the talent. No, bro. I've seen P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold. Fucking Sam Darnold. Well, everybody thought, <sighs> where to God, he was going to be good. Oh, he was on the Jets. No, he was a bum. I'm sorry. I would have taken Baker another year than Sam Darnold. But, bro, no, it's not the wide receivers. A great quarterback can make bummy wide receivers look good. Let's just be honest. You don't need no JJ, uh, Justin Jefferson. You don't need none of that. You don't, you don't. You just need one mediocre wide receiver. You don't even need Pro Bowl wide receivers, dog. You just need a line. It starts, it's the line. Hold the line. Man, shout out C3, bruh. Shout out. Shout out everybody, bro. Shout out JJ. Shout out Anthony. Shout out Cody. I haven't seen Greg in a minute, but shout out Greg, bro. I miss you, bro. I miss Greg. We'll have to hey, tell him. Man, great call, man. Fan, dude, I love the energy. Uh, he says that there have been less talented Panther teams before. Basically saying it was a really uh it was a bunch of excuses as to why we weren't winning this year. Terrible coaching. Yeah, the whole nine yards. Dude, I get your frustration, man. I, I get your frustration. The only thing that we're going to be able to do is uh, try and get this right going forward. And, uh, again, uh, looking at the candidates for GM, maybe we're on the right track, man. Maybe they're really going to finally deliver a winner to David Tepper at this point. He's so He's got a lot to say. Here he comes back for a full another one. We'll give it to him tonight. I am tired of being persecuted, judged, and mistaken when I said Andy Dalton should have start from the jump. I flew from Fort Myers. Y'all clown me for it. No, 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 no. If you can't come into the NFL ready to start, I am not trying to hear it. And I, my, that sounds I, just I, like I, every greatest, <laughs> the greatest quarterback of all time, every single one of them was a backup. Every single one. Brady to my home. Back up. They said this is G-Baby's brother. (laughs) No. He should have sat behind Dalton. The same Dalton that put up 300 yards. I don't give a fuck about this. He's not wrong. 300 yards. And y'all say, oh, this offense can't do shit. No. Because if you could put up 300 yards with Andy Dalton, right, with the same O-line, same circumstances, same everything. Then you should have had that that moment right there proves me, okay, Bryce is not ready. It's not it's not everybody uh Bryce had a three hundred yard like, game. It's too. not everything around him. It's Bryce. Bryce is not ready. We 
this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it again. We should have never started Bryce Young. Only time Bryce would have got some time in is when um when we were up a lot. Because I'm telling you right now, we would have never went two and two and what? Uh, 15 with Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. And you can clown me all. No, the fuck we wouldn't. I bet, I bet both of my testicles that we would have never went two and 15. <laughs> with Damn, Andy both of them? Telling We would have, and then if we did, we were putting points on the damn board. We're not getting shut out back to back weeks. Oh, we shouldn't sit Bryce Young. This and that. He might get hurt. You're, if he's not getting hurt physically, you're hurting him mentally. And that's the worst type of pain there is. Really, bro. Everybody's saying, oh, Bryce Young needs weapons. I saw Andy Dalton put up 300 yards. Stop giving this man excuses, bro. He needs to learn. Some people, you don't just throw a 16-year-old on the highway the first time they ever get behind the wheel. No. You got to take them through the roads and the back streets. He didn't go through the back streets. He went straight on the highway. Put him and on I the autobahn. And clown for it. And I'm saying it again. Saying it again. If Bryce Young doesn't look good next year, fetch him. Fetch him. Because we don't, we need wins. That's what we traded for. Wins. Mm. We didn't trade. All right. Uh, let's keep going through with the goals. Good evening, Panthers Nation. This is Nick from Seattle checking in after a brutal, brutal, brutal loss in the national. What's up, Nick? Better team won the game. Got no excuses to make. So I got a, I got some shit to say to several, several, a lot of Panthers Nation. I was listening to the post Fitterer uh, show that y'all had yesterday. Wish I jumped on because you see a lot of this is going to be addressing that. So I think a lot of Panthers fans are living in delusional world because there's. We are not going to be better next year. We're not going to be better the year after that. It's going to take several years before we even see marginal improvement. Yesterday on that podcast, someone said that the Cardinals have more holes than we do. Are you fucking stupid? Like, we have the worst record in the league. If they had more holes, why didn't they lose more games? Kyler Murray didn't play for half the season. They are not worse than us. They have two first-round picks. We are the worst team in the league, and it's not even close. We are bottom in the league in turnovers, bottom of the league in uh, defensive sacks. We're not a good team. The coaching search, okay, make a list of your top 10 coaches that you have. Look at number 11 and 12. That's who we're going to get. Why would any coach come here when there's going to be nine other jobs open? We're going to get the bottom of the barrel. We're going to get a coaching job for a coach who knows. Is that you who said that, dude? Sadly, realistically, we're probably going to get either Raheem, Moser, I mean, uh, Raheem Morris or Eric enemy because for whatever reason, the NFL doesn't like hiring black head coaches. Trading away assets is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. We have two serviceable players under contract. Two. On a 55-man roster, we have two players the other teams might want. Two. And you're talking about getting rid of them? Derek Brown? He's the best player we have. If we got rid of them, we have nothing. Absolutely nothing if we got rid of Derek Brown. What the hell are you thinking? And then on top of all of that, we have the worst owner in football, who has proven to be a meddler, who has proven to be an out-and-right dick to his employees. They're like, oh, the money. You can go take any coaching job and get that money. Any coaching job. You can go take an offensive coordinator job on a good team for a year or two, and then you'll get a shot, and it doesn't have to do with the Panthers. Y'all need to 
slow your expectations down and understand that this rebuild is going to take be closer to 2030 before we're competitive to in the 2020. Let's be real, y'all. It's not close. Nick from Seattle, love the podcast. Mm-hmm. Keep y'all staying up, but damn, check your expectations, Panthers fans, because this ship is on for a wild ride, and it ain't gonna be fast. Uh, a lot of energy in the calls tonight. Dude, so a ton of energy uh, in the first two calls. My question to the caller would be, if the being good is so far on the horizon, right? Or like, I mean, if if it's closer to 2024 than it is closer to 2020, but 2030 than it is to 2025, why does keeping Ber- Derek Brown matter? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, if you're saying we're not going to be good uh, for that long, why not I mean, get like, more draft capital? Yeah, and we're, I, we're, now, we're, I don't necessarily think that that's the the pathway to go. Same. I don't. Either. Um, but I mean, if you are trying to accumulate draft picks, I don't know. Maybe you could get like a fifth for stealing, you know, and you start just swapping a lot of players for late maybe. rounders. And then you package yeah. late rounders to get into the second or something. Um, I don't know. Is I I don't think. Uh, but my 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 thing, Tony. Though, is everyone pretends like they have a crystal ball. Everybody's like, "Oh, we're not going to be good for five years or or, or or ten years." And I feel like everybody is just stuck in the moment. We're so bad right now. I feel like people, they underestimate what a good GM and coach might be able to do in a reasonable amount of time. Now, granted, I think we've all been through enough to say it's not going to happen next year. We know that. He's right. There are far too many holes on the roster to think that we're going to be contending after one year. But it doesn't mean that it has to take that long either, man. I mean, think about the Houston Texans. They've been terrible for two years. They go through one GM and coaching cycle, and now everything is moving in the in the right direction for them. Right, I understand the emotion. A lot too. I don't even think uh, two years, just a year and a half ago, uh, Nick Casario was doing a terrible job. You know, and so then all of a sudden, one winning season gets you all of a sudden all the vision, the plan. You know, I mean, and it is all about winning, as the previous caller had said. Um, I agree. I, I think this, Cody, is that there's nothing that says we're going to be terrible till 2030, but there's nothing that says that we're going to be good sooner than later either. Sure. And yeah. I think that, yes, you can make big gains, and we hope it's going to be accelerated. But I think what if this is doing anything is we're tempering our, uh, our expectations because – we thought we were going to be able to get moving in the right direction with this last go, you know, like, I mean, that was really none of, I mean, I know that a lot of people came out and said silly things like 10 wins and things like this, but I think the whole point that we were trying to make is the optimism of getting Frank Reich and that staff and then having your quarterback, your drafting is that you were head, you're heading in the right direction. And now it doesn't seem like, we have a direction. And I think the fact that we almost won that division last year and that we did make a legitimate push at the end of the year, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. You think, well, this division's bad and it was not good this year. We were, we were not wrong. We were not wrong about the division 
being bad this year proved it. It was almost but, worse than I anticipated, to be honest. Right, we underestimated how bad we were in this bad division. And then like the first caller said, when talking about Bryce and Andy Dalton, I've said before, I would have loved to have seen Andy Dalton a little bit more this year just to see what the difference would have been at quarterback if that Seattle Seahawks game was just a one-off type of deal. I would have liked to have seen that, but the fact of the matter is we didn't. Now you have an entire season where we have film on what Bryce Young does do well, doesn't do well, what he needs to get better at, uh, and now you have to find the head coach that's going to get the most out of Bryce Young. I am not... I'm not down on Bryce Young. I think he has shown me um, the ability to play in the NFL. I just think this is that he he's gonna he he needs an offensive line. Like I'm I mean, not, it's just very simple. I'm not saying that he's gonna be the. I'm not ready to say he's gonna go be the greatest quarterback in the world, but I can tell he's not a bad quarterback. It's just you can't be good under terrible circumstances as a rookie. And it kind of just snowballed. Cool. It snowballed. Man. Like, you you feel like this is C.J. Stroud caught the snowball going the right way down the mountain. Uh, right. Bryce caught it going down the wrong way of the mountain. And, you know, momentum yeah. builds confidence. We see that he's a rhythm player, too. You know, I mean, and and I know, who knows, I get on these, like, small takes, but I still think there's small things that could change the trajectory of the world. Like, if one thing went different, the whole fucking world changes. The butterfly effect. Right, yeah, and for me, I still go back to uh, Graham Gano missing that kick in the first game of 2016 against the Denver Broncos and then how that season just spiraled out of control. We kind of caught, we got hot the year before like i mean it shows you it's like we weren't even that as good as we were in some ways like the panthers just got fucking hot too like it wasn't so um i think he can be it but the question is will we see it and and you know there's a lot of players too in the league that we could have said that we've said this about too that didn't ever produce because of poor circumstances so you said um, that you're not down on him. How about this? I'm not up on him either. I think that I, I, I need to see it. You know, I mean, look, me and uh, Kev's in the chat. I bought the jersey before he played a snap, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm on team, but I want him to be good. But I'm just at the point in my life where I need to see it, man. I'm not going to assume success in these players anymore until they show me success. And that goes for just about everyone, man. But well, I think it's because we get so uh, inundated in the elite. I'm not calling him a bust. How about that? I right. do not think Bryce is a bust. I do not think you can call someone a bust after their, their career is over. Right. Just I'm just saying is this different. is it's elite. You know the but here is and I wrote a story about this on CarolinaCatChronicles.com. It's pinned actually on my Twitter. If you guys want to go back and read it from when. We drafted Bryce Young, and I said the stakes are higher for Bryce Young than they were for Cam Newton. And when you are a number one pick, it is bust or no, or elite. That just has right. it's, it's unfortunate. Right. It's an unfortunate reality pick. of the of the system. But I think we get so inundated in the he's elite. Like he either has to be Peyton Manning, or he is. Uh, whoever the other guy that was drafted yep. 
Ryan Leaf. Nope, I hear you. And it could be in between. He could just be a very good quarterback going forward. But he's not going to be able to be a very good quarterback or a good quarterback if he's getting destroyed. Tony, do you remember the comparison that you made for Bryce before the start of the season? Sure, Alex Smith. I still stand by it. Yeah. Like his play, like all of those things are very and a lot uh, of people mobile might not love enough, that. but not crazy mobile. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people might not love that, but at this point, it is what it is. Tony, uh, you want to jump in? To the coaches, I'm, or you want to take, take another uh, call? Let's take two more calls, and then we'll get back to the coaches. All right, stick around. we got the coaches list coming up, y'all. What's up, guys? This is Chase from Anderson. You know, I, I really don't know what's going to happen up, with the uh, who's going to be the next head coach or GM, but uh, a lot of people say, even the pundits on in the media, so who would want to work for Tepper? Who would want to work for Tepper? Who wants to go to that situation? But you know, the good thing about having David Taper, Tepper for owner is uh, it, the pockets, the deepest pockets in the NFL outside of the uh, great value Broncos. Um, you know, people are saying that – and I'm going to take up for Tepper a little bit. People say Tepper was a terrible owner. I, I, I think he just made bad decisions, to be honest. <laughs> you know, he's still – as in owning the NFL team, he still knew. He's still learning. Um, so I'm willing to give him some time. Has it been bad? Yeah, it's been bad and frustrating. Yeah, I agree. But to call it him the worst owner, uh, I don't know about that. So what I would do in all season, uh, uh, the free agency, I would throw all the money I can or, or take to get the best left tackle you can get free agency. Move with it. Icky over to left guard. Then I'll go for a, uh, one of the top five free agent raw receivers. Same thing for the uh, edge rusher. Go ahead and extend Brown. Get a linebacker. And in the draft, go BPA. Every pick. I'm not trading up. I'm not trading down unless you're going to uh, tag Burns and able to get something in the trade. I'm going best. I'm doing those moves. I'm drafting best position available for depth. Regardless of position, that's how you build a team in the draft. Because when you're trying to just draft for need, you're going to overdraft. And we've seen what that gets you. Oh, he's right. All right. So I'm still being patient with David uh, David Tepper. That's just my stand on. All right. See you. Uh, Like that call. A lot of good points there. Um, I don't know. I mean, David Tepper's just turned out to be a dick. That's what it's turned out to be (laughs) is this is like he's just a egomaniac asshole at this point but uh yeah he knew um you look at jerry jones i like jerry jones is like he's like david tepper keep this shit up bro yeah (laughs) you know um for all the shit people talk about jerry jones he goes on the radio every week yeah he is into the criticism of him and that is that he's almost too available well, to I say, mean, but, it, too much, you know? but if you're doing that weekly, you can. David Tepper or goes on once every other year and gets makes yeah, a fool yeah, of himself. Yeah. yeah, you hear like uh, you know a little bit the direction. Of yeah. the, one um, the other thing is, uh, I wanted to talk about the speaking of the Cowboys, their left tackle. Um, Tyron Smith? Yeah. Uh, I know that 
people are saying that in Dallas that he's getting old. You know, they said the same thing about Russell Okung when he left Denver and went to the Chargers and had a, a couple of years. Uh, what about the the guy that went from the Bengals to the Rams, Whitworth? Yeah, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Yeah, I won a Super Bowl. You know, played late. You know, so I, I feel uh, like that's what teams always say about the player that wants the money. Yeah. And then, like, oh. It, oh, but dude, he has been hurt a lot every year. Really? Yeah, he really okay. has. He's, he's missed a lot of times the past, a lot of time the past few seasons. Um, kind of like the Armstead guy for, um, uh, Miami. Didn't he come from New Orleans or whatever? Um, and he was hurt a lot too. Left tackle last year, free agent from. Oh, um, Teron Armstead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, yeah. one more call, and then we'll go to the coaching list. Almost there, people. <laughs> Good evening, greetings from Idaho. Idaho, what's uh, up, buddy? Years over. And, uh, the analytical mind that I've got, I, I just kind of was trying to figure out where we go. I know you guys are going to be got a lot to talk about as far as changes made. Um, I, I'm one of those kind of in the middle on Bryce. Um, so I figure rather than taking the emotional fact, I, I wanted to look at it as far as um, a little bit more. What do we know? You know, whether you think he's the future, whether you think he's a bust, what do we know about Bryce? And the only thing I know for sure is that Bryce Young cannot lead a poor team into a good team. I feel like we can all at least agree with that. So the talk about you get a tackle, you get a, a wide receiver at 33, I just feel like we're all head in the sand. We keep saying we should have just institutionally tanked and started over four years ago, six years ago. Two years ago, and here we are. We're talking about how we're going to build this team next year, and I think we got to tear it up, man. We're going to blow it down. We got to get everything we can for draft picks in 2025. Um, whether that sign and trade um, for those draft picks then, whether trade them later, um, if we if we want this to be a rebuild in the West, then Three to four years, uh, it's certainly not happening next year. It's going to take two years. And it's a sad state, but um, I don't know. I'm just wondering where the C3 family is on why do we keep talking about how we need to start and, and start over and get a whole new team in there. And then we all, myself included, start talking about what we're going to do next year, who we're going to draft. Yeah, uh, I love you, C three. Keep having Appreciate it, man. Uh, dude, we're getting callers from all over America, man. Uh, we had Seattle. That was Idaho. Uh, great call, dude. The cat calls have been on fire tonight, Tony. Great conversations. Great energy. Um, I mean, look to you know when you're talking about Bryce, we don't know when it comes to Bryce yet. You can make your opinion based on a lot of different things. If you're looking at this year, it's not great. You're hoping that you can put some players around him in the future. 
maybe we'll be able to do that. Um, Tony, he also brought up that we never really commit to a rebuild. You know, we're like, we, we, we always want to start from the ground up and rebuild everything. And we never really do it. Like, we well, always kind of half it. Yeah, 100%. This is this our first is the opportunity. first opportunity in team history because um, it wasn't since 2001 that the Panthers had a new GM and a new coach, but they still hired right. the coach first and then the GM um, in that case. This is the first opportunity to do uh, to to write the order of events correctly. So, I mean, yeah. you have your chance. And Huge. to be honest, is when else are you going to do is like this is the first time too. we're not really teased with the retool either. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. We know that this is built around. Bryce. That's what this is, is. The next two years are built around Bryce. Absolutely. And if it doesn't work, then it is start over. And you want to know how it starts building around Bryce? It's finding your next head coach. It is the most important thing outside of the GM search that we're going to do. And like I've said, in my mind, the coach must be someone that is dedicated to turning around Bryce Young. You might think, if you're in the chat room, I know C-Dog thinks this, some of you think Bryce Young is trash and a bust already. The next head coach cannot think that. They have to believe that they are the Mike McDaniels to Bryce's two attack of Iloa. Yeah. That they're going to be the one to get the most out of them. And boys, let's jump into this list, man. Uh, and whether so that, that way is can... right, and to Sea Dog and these people, whether or not Bryce is a bust or not, you have allocated the resources. So you got to fit, find out. Uh, yeah. I don't think the right. Uh, way to go at this point is to try to follow the Arizona Cardinals model and the Josh right. Rosen and Steve Wilkes. Right. I just don't think. That's and the right they had way. the number one pick the very next year to be able to. The Panthers don't have that luxury, even if we want it. So right. look, this is uh, an interesting Kristen, game. Yeah, Kristen Ledane, uh says uh, this is one of her favorite candidates. Uh, this is Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. The son of former Raiders head coach and longtime offensive line coach Bill Callahan, the Bengals coordinator has built a reputation of good work with the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. He began his career with the Broncos and was on staff for Super Bowl 50 against the Panthers. Oh, that hurts. Uh, He got his first quarterback coach job with the Lions in 2016 and has also worked with the Raiders before getting the Cincinnati job in 2019. The Bengals dipped this year with Burrow's injury, but were top 10 in the league in both points and yards allowed. So uh, he's been a quarterback coach before. So if we're talking about someone that you'll be able to pair with Bryce Young for the considerable future, well, Bill Callahan is someone that does fit that bill. Right. Uh, is it Bi- oh, Brian, Brian? Brian, pardon me. Brian, Bill, Brian, no, but Brian. here, this is a cool thing right here. Is Son the- of Bill. I just like to find these, you know, is look, I like Kyle Shanahan a lot. He comes from a, he's a coach's son. He grew up on the foot in the building. He was a ball boy for the Broncos back. You know what I mean? Like is 
Brian Callahan has grown up on the football field in the football world as a coach. Sure. His dad was a good coach, by the way. Wasn't yeah. remarkably successful. I think he was the coach for the Raiders at one point. But he was always a well uh Revere, highly revered offensive line coach. Callahan sounds like a tough old Irish football coach. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, Callahan. It sounds uh, you got to like what the Bengals have done offensively. And you know what? To be honest, is is kind of strange to say this, but the Bengals have done a lot of good things over the last couple of years. They the have. defense has performed well yep. at times. They've... And uh, Browning, uh, Jake Browning, who filled in for um, Joe Burrow this year, he stepped into that role. Yeah, and they're not like they didn't really just damn turn good. into the Panthers. Yeah. Now, it also it's worth mentioning they have a lot of weapons, man. Uh, they have Boyd, they have Higgins, they have Jamar Chase, they have Joe Mixon. They do have the talent, but uh, I mean, it, again, this guy has done good things on pedigree. offense. Yeah, has a good pedigree. CK, right. if ever you want to butt in, just interrupt me and just jump right on. No, you're good, man. I, I, I there. This is one that I've been. Uh, I, I think is a positive one. I still, again, I don't know how I feel. I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but my only reason for reserving my uh, my expectations with him would be: is he a product of the talent that was around him? Because there is zero doubt that he had some of the best. Yeah, talent. it's in, it's insane how yeah. good those guys are. Um, yeah, great but here is the thing: is people with success generally have good players. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to find a great coach with shitty players. Like you might be. True. And the other thing I like about this is that this is a guy we might be able to land. Yeah, and I'm so happy you brought that up. And I've been saying this on the podcast for a while now. I would not fall in love with any one of these coaches that we're about to preview. And I think that's a good thing because what it says to me is that there are a bunch of coaches that would be good in the job. You know, I mean, I know there are the bigger names and they're on this list. We'll, we'll get to them. But I think there's a lot of good candidates this year that the Panthers would be really happy to get their hands on. And yeah, Callahan is one of them. I don't love that fact that he was with the Broncos during Super Bowl 50, but. Kristen Ledane is whispering sweet nothings in my ear in the chat with this Monken talk. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Monken has a lot of has a lot of uh, support. I feel like I started it. Yeah, I, I, was, I, like I, was, I was at the yep. forefront of that charge. You started it, and then Panther Pickle has picked it up and championed the cause. And now Kristen Ledane as yeah, well. I'm not saying that I influenced them, but look, we're at the forefront of this. Chris yeah, you're an influencer, man. I, you're, yeah. you're, a, you're a voice in Panther Nation. This guy uh, looks hey, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, man. Real cool guy. Good head of hair. Uh, yep. Got the fade on the side. I'm digging it, man. He went to the barbershop. I like that. Uh, Dave Canales. I think I'm saying that right. Canales. 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 Uh, he is uh, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Canales spent 13 seasons in the Pacific Northwest and uh, all in various offensive roles with the Seattle Seahawks. Canales served as a wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator, and quarterbacks coach during that time, and the Seattle Seahawks averaged 7.61 yards per attempt over that span. Top five in the NFL, Canales is credited with leading Geno Smith to a resurgence in 2022. As he set career highs in every major category. I have two. And, this is crazy. 
and one NFL comeback player of the year. Uh, He's going to have two comeback player years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, true, man. Now with the Bucks, he's guided Baker Mayfield to his best uh, season in the NFL, surpassing 4,000-plus yards for the first time and throwing the most touchdowns in his career, ranking in the league's top 10 in both categories, as well as Mayfield's best completion percentage ever. Now, boys, if you were someone who was down on Bryce Young after everything that he's been through this year and everything that you saw, Knowing the type of success that he was able to have with two quarterbacks that at one point in time were considered flameouts, yeah, bust and Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield, the fact that he was the offensive coordinator and coached them to both of their best years ever, and you're right, Tony, a back to back comeback players of the Maybe year, repeat if he gets Bryce Young, Dude, that, that that this is a name, uh, this is a name who I was not aware of. But I wouldn't be mad at, and now the more I learn about him, the more I could stomach that. I, I like Dave Canales. I do. I'm with Kev in the chat. Is This offense is just fuck it. Throw it to Mike Evans down there. There he is down there. He's just big, <laughs> strong. Uh, Baker can't screw it up. Uh, interesting, though, when you put the Geno Smith to Baker this is a guy that maybe when we said success with bad players, he might be that guy kind of, you know, is like he's right. gotten more out of these guys than less. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't I really just don't like anything from Tampa when it comes to coaching. Like yeah, it just, never does work out. Does yeah, it? it just never wows me. No. No, Even when they really won does. the Super Bowl, they had to go get the free agent coach, and it was because he was playing his old team and Gruden. And All they right. didn't win the division that year, right? Think they won this, as a wild CK. card. Any thoughts, CK, on this guy? Um, What about the Baker part? Is this offense just throw it to Mike Evans, or should you credit him with, do you like seeing the success he's had with these two kind of cast-off quarterbacks? Again, I, I don't know because... It is hard to. I'm not. I'm not against it. Again, it's. It's not a. A matter of me being a curmudgeon. I just. This isn't one that. I wasn't looking at that offense all year, thinking, "Oh man, this is incredible!" Right? Their run game was pretty much abysmal the entire year. Um, they relied heavily on throwing the ball, which is a, a big part of why you saw the amount of yards that Mike yeah. Evans and Baker Mayfield were able to accomplish this year. It's because they really didn't have a run game. Um. However, uh, I think if we're Panthers fans at this point in time, we're not going to be upset if we uh, we become a air attack because we haven't seen that in so long. I think if we hired this guy, Cody, that the immediate conversation from black Twitter would be like, this is the problem with the world. White kid never played football. Why isn't Eric Bieniemy on this list? This Thomas just feels like he would raise list. the ire of certain uh i mean i mean you're gonna run that no matter what if it's a if it's a white head coach that's i feel like the callahan you get pedigree arguments you get that well but i don't know that last stat though that we're talking about for a while again considering geno smith and considering baker mayfield and the fact that he's tied to both again he might not have the most uh background of all the candidates on this list but those two things in and of the in and of themselves 
are very impressive. Um, he is a younger guy, or at least he looks to be on the younger end. Um, I, I again, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, you know, White Chocolate says, "Yeah, fuck it, Mike Evans is down there somewhere." I mean, but again, we, but but again, we just did the same thing with Callahan that have one of the best wide receiver cores. So even like all these guys are going to come from teams that are having success, which means they have some damn good football players on the team. So it's important yeah. to not get too wild They're and put all the team. emphasis on those players. Bucks, I, I, one thing that is intriguing about this candidate is that he's gotten more out of these teams, these offenses than anybody anticipated. Look, Geno Smith yeah. had a fucking insane year two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, but I would say as you looked, I think the Bucks overperformed this year. And I think they overperformed uh, from a surprising angle, and that was the offense, is that you were really, yes, they have some good receivers, but um, I don't know. You always just associate, I think, Vita Vea and who's their coach, the guy that's the defensive coach that used to be with the Jets, who looks like um, he is going to die on the sidelines. Hmm. Um, anyway, he's the black defensive coach. Come on, it's gonna somebody in the chat help me out. Who is the coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Todd Bowles. Todd, oh, Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. Thank Todd you. Todd Bowles. You know, I just figured man, at first Tampa, I thought you meant the defensive coordinator. No, I was thinking, you know, I just figured that Tampa, the storyline of Tampa would have been like a Panther storyline, mediocre offense, and solid defense keeps them in the running, but instead it has been them just having to keep up with teams. And we said this with Mike Greenberg in the GM section. Tom Brady is a big time. Uh, well, again, he wasn't there with, uh, with Tom Brady, but like thinking of what the Bucks have done in recent years, like a lot of their, you know, good years came from bringing in a generational quarterback like Tom Brady that kind of elevated everyone around them. So you're right. It is a, it is a kind of a hard read. Um, the next, all right, so this is the name. Here he is. We have reached out to Ben Johnson. This has been the name that everybody's been wanting, that everybody's been waiting for. Uh, I just saw on Twitter that he's the odds-on favorite to be the next head coach of the Commanders. So we'll see what happens, but this is the name that has gotten the most talk, the most traction around the NFL this past year. It's Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, for the Detroit Lions. Johnson helped revitalize that Lions offense and quarterback Jared Goff since joining the staff in 2019. Johnson has risen from a quality control coach to tight ends coach, then passing game coordinator, and finally offensive coordinator. So he's worked his way up uh, at every single junket um, uh, in, in just five seasons in the Motor City. Under jo Johnson's tutelage, as a passing game coordinator and an offensive coordinator, the Lions offense has consistently been in the top five in total offense and passing offense. A native and of Charles. Jared Goff, Jared Goff is like, people were ready to pass his him best off to football, the side. Yeah. Has played his best football easily. after McKay. I mean, there were, I mean, I remember as fans, we were talking about Detroit moving on from Jared yep. Goff. Yeah. And dude, now they're going to be a big matchup in the playoffs. Uh, with Stafford and Jared Goff with the Lions and the Rams. That's going to be fun, man. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't even how think about of this? That. Yeah, dude. That's yeah, they're going to in Detroit, Detroit, which is wild. In Detroit. That's going to be insane. Um, uh, how about this? 
a native of Charleston, South Carolina, Johnson attended North Carolina, where he was a walk-on quarterback for the Tar Heels. Now, as we said before, this is the bell of the ball. Everybody wants Ben Johnson. He's the name for all those things that we've talked about. One, he's worked his way up. He's been uh, a coach in different capacities, from a passing game coordinator to a quarterback's coach to a tight ends coach. He has really had a hands-on feel for a lot of different parts of the offense, has that North Carolina connection, and the past two seasons in a row, in a row, top five in total offense and passing offense. If you're going to pair Bryce Young with a play caller for the foreseeable future, there's a reason why everyone is saying Ben Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset if Ben Johnson was the guy. I just prefer alternative uh why is that uh, coordinators it just i'm not saying that it's not possible that he's a good uh a good coordinator um i just prefer to see us go from go to a a coaching tree from either like a kyle shanahan coaching tree or a andy reed coaching tree um and my only issue or beyond that, I would be happy with having experience at a head coaching position like a Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I just don't, I, I, for whatever reason, Ben Johnson just doesn't excite me. Um, you know, you'll have, they've had good offense like all year. I, I have no, there's no doubt about yeah, that. Last right? year they had the Jamal, number one offense in the league. Jamal Williams was a leading uh, touchdown scorer last year, went to the Saints and didn't score but one touchdown. And that was because of a, a trick play. Um, you know, I think that there is a a part of me that will I see this year a lot of potential flaws and I I've, I've seen the Detroit Lions look I'm trying to think of the right way to put it I've seen them look average at times and so I worry that we're getting a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience that's going to come in here and and not do what we hope he can do we need a leader of men right I know we want the idea of we want to have a good offensive-minded head coach if we're going to go offensive. I don't think that that is much of, as much of an issue any longer after we've did the offensive-minded head coach and, and Frank Reich. I would much rather go with the guy who's a leader of men, and I just don't know enough about Ben Johnson to be excited about that portion of his of his yeah. tenure as a coach. And to be honest, okay, we're going to be asking that question with all of these first-time head coaches. We simply do not know. If we have one name that's event. been a head coach so far. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, uh, so far, I, oh, no, I so far, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So, so like, I mean, think so, of this. Yeah. This is kind of who. You're right. This is the bell of the ball, Cody. In one hand, I think that might be what detracts off puts CK and myself a hair. Is that like it's just so there's so much glam that comes with it and yeah. splash. Mm-hmm. That it might create a sense of false, right? Uh, security right, right, right. and like, hope. Like this is the be all end. Like this is the yeah, like this is the one stop shop to fix the Carolina Panthers. He's gonna fix Bryce. We're uh, then yeah. we're back at we're winning the division next year already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On the um, other hand, though, while while he t- while CK talked about his offense kind of looking pedestrian almost at times. At times, yes, yeah, at times is that. He, I think that Jamal Williams, the touchdown, that's a great analogy. They have good players, but they're not fucking great. 
Well, and remember when they played the Baltimore Ravens, which is the best team that they played all year. I mean, they laid, they they got absolutely smoked. They Everybody a, gets smoked by the Ravens, though. True, they, they laid a good thing. But when you play your best competition, that's when you want to see the best performances. So I understand why some people have some trepidation um, with Ben Johnson. Hey, we missed two super chats. I wanted to make sure that we get to them. Everyone special from Down Under says good day from Down Under. Co Dizzle the Goat. That's your boy, CK. Uh, yeah, yeah, shout dude. out to Spectre One Actual, and then Jerry with the four ninety nine says Tepper needs to look at the Rams channel, how they all work as a team and draft their players. Tepper is the opposite, so Panthers will struggle. Just uh, my final thoughts on thank yeah. you guys for your super chats and your donations. Thanks for all the people in the chat. One hundred eighty people watching. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. Call in at two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Um, I I kind of get the same trepidation a little bit in some ways ck like i almost want a, a guy that comes with low expectations that exceeds you're like holy cow like sirianni we never saw sirianni this paisan doing this great with his weird press conference Did we think steichen was going to go in there and and even be competitive right um right. especially after losing uh anthony richardson after four games so I don't there's think so. right there's less pressure oh. on those guys some in some cases but on the other hand um I think Ben Johnson's gotten a lot out of his players is like, look, you could say Jared Goff, whatever his limitations, his strengths were, McVay wasn't feeling it and he couldn't get to the, like he's gotten a lot out of Jared Goff. Amon St. Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra St. Brown has been a spectacular wide receiver. And you can say, yes, he's a very talented player, but he's not like the most physically gifted out of right. any person on the history of the world. He was, there was a long, he's like a Matt of, Ryan to me. Who is Jared Gall? Yeah. I'm talking about the um, Amon Ra St. Brown though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, he's got good physical traits, but it's not like he walked out and he was a top 10 draft pick. You know what I'm saying? They got, there were a lot. Yeah. He has the list. He went in like the fourth or fourth round or something. Yeah, it was like second. It was like a third, third to fourth round. It wasn't highly regarded. Uh, right, I think right. he even kept a list of all the wide yeah, receivers. Yeah, he does. Yes. Um, and then uh, this new tight end they got, they've gotten tons out of him. So like in some cases, I want to say, oh, are we just being glammed? by this guy or in other cases there's a lot of evidence for him doing good work too so interesting yeah. thing is is ben johnson is the long shot right now for carolina it feels like and again those carolina connections man he's from our boy oh. kev south carolina you may not but dude it tongues it, it, it uh, pulls on the emotional heartstrings of panther fans the fact that this dude is a North Carolina guy. So, uh, but look, let's continue on with this list. We've been to Ben Johnson. Now let's talk about Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. One of the few defensive names on this list. Uh, McDonald is a product of the Harbaugh brothers coaching tree. After a stint at Georgia, he joined the Ravens staff from 2014 to 2020, working his way up from interim to linebackers coach. McDonald then joined the Michigan Wolverines for one season. During that year, his defense finished in the top 10, leading their team to the college football playoffs. 
uh, and had two members drafted in the first round, he returned to the NFL and the Ravens as a defensive coordinator. So when did he come back? So would have this been uh is this his first year back then? Because I'm guessing Aiden Hutchinson is one of those top draft picks. Um Aiden Hutchinson, one, that that was the uh, Lions. Yeah, but no, is it says he coached two guys at uh, Michigan that dra- were drafted in the first round. So I'm trying to think of what oh, year he yeah, was in yeah, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if that was the year when they lost the TCU. That I'm and not then, sure. And this would be really wild, is or I think is interesting is that the Ravens have had so much success with guys that just came from college to the pros. Because Mike McDonald, if he if he was the coach, the defensive coordinator last year under Har- uh, Harbaugh in Michigan, that means wow, isn't that crazy? He went from Harbaugh to Harbaugh, just like yeah. around he with the really Harbaugh. likes uh, he likes hanging with the Harbaughs. And uh, it doesn't that sound like a show hanging with the Harbaugh? Yeah, it does actually. That would actually uh, be great, I'm sure. And, but they also got Monken, who was from Georgia last year. Yeah. Dude, so, the real C three AP says, uh, didn't he sing for the Doobie Brothers? <laughs> uh Mike McDonald, their defense uh, has been as uh, toast of the town. It's been tops in the league. Um, and I heard a stat in the I guess who were the Ravens playing this past? Maybe it was who was it? Whatever game I was watching one night. Hey, uh, he looked it up for us. It was Ojolari and Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, so, so right. this is kind of neat. Is Now, what about this? This is the hot names. These guys, they need to take their head coaching job now. Dude, or else they have to be Joe Brady. Yeah, dude, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me when um, Sean McDermott uh, got hired. Like He has that pedigree of being around really good defenses. Uh, how about this? In the face, he looks like a Panthers coach to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know why, but the dude just looks like a Panther coach. Are we? Are, so I know we haven't put the request in, but if things continue the trajectory that it's on, and that Buffalo offense looks incredible, do you think there's a chance in hell that there's a request put in by the Panthers to interview Joe Brady? Joe Brady. Could you imagine? That would be all. You know, Kev, Bro, the White Chocolate Espresso has been saying this for weeks. If if he if if he's the real deal again, since he's taken over from Ken Dorsey, um, his and they his, went it's, they it's, went from a mediocre to incredible offense. All right. Um, now I don't know if that's because they're playing. You know, throw the ball as much as you want. You know, hero ball, Josh Allen. You just take the reins. I don't know, but if he turns out to be the guy. I'll eat as much crow as possible. Like if if he's gonna be the guy who's able to actually pull this franchise out of the out of the gutter, I just don't know that I'm w- willing to accept that it's him that's causing this turnaround alone. Um, it could just be as addition by subtra- subtraction when it came to Ken Dorsey. Um, so I don't know that Joe Brady's gonna get a lot of looks. At, that's serious looks. He's gonna get the opportunity again in Buffalo to run that offense, especially if they're able to make you know, it. And he the should playoffs. stick there. If he could stick there and stick it out for, and, and kind of ride the Josh Allen train for another year, he could be the next uh, guy that, who's the guy that went to Ben Johnson. They could be the next Ben Johnson. The guy that went to New York from there. Oh, Dabo. Um, Dabo, yeah. Oh, Not Dabo. Dabo. No, no. Brian uh, Dabo. 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 
Yeah. Uh, a couple of things in the chat is a, a small correction. It's a jo- a jo- a doji a do- David Ojabo. Ojabo. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite comments of the night from D in Sanford. He says he looks like he could change a transmission. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, dude. Perfect, dude. Uh, Kristen Ledane says he's got that Pesci swagger. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, he's got uh, little guy syndrome. He looks like he's like five four and gets uh, pissed off when his defense tough guy gives up three yards on a run play. I tell you one thing is I, I am trying to fight the desire for a defensive coach. I have not switched back. I don't want Steve Wilkes. I don't want Dan Quinn. I don't want pick Mike McDonald. I don't want like I just because I failed at this at bat of an offensive coach. I'm not ready to just refute the idea that it's not a good idea to get a coach from an offensive side. I want it to work now. I don't know how many times I'm willing to try it, but there is something fun about having a fucking tough ass team. Yeah, like, and, and the Panthers bro. have been, while we haven't been always exciting, motherfuckers didn't want to play us a lot. They fear you know us. Yeah, they it's just like, uh, we're going to get beat. We're going to yeah, have to go we in there. Always, and we always played every team pretty well, right? Yeah, there were the yeah. occasional blowouts, but we were like, especially early on in Ron Rivera's, you know, days, it was. We weren't getting blown out. It was three pos- three point games, and that's why he had to transition to being Riverboat Ron because he was conservative as a defensive coach, you know, usually would be. Um, and he's uh, and in in those it was those nine to six Buffalo games that 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 those Seattle games that were twelve to nine, fifteen, you know, twelve. Yeah. yeah, there was like three four three years in a row we played Seattle like that, and it was yeah. just and, and so nobody. Fest. And and you got to imagine that takes a toll on the offense uh, that you're facing. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you, but I also would say this: when I look at that, wh- my personal opinion about the Baltimore Ravens, I had their defense on my fantasy league, and by the looks of things, I didn't watch every game they played. I didn't watch all of their highlights, but that was a historic defense. Like when I say historic, man, I'm telling you, I would see three interceptions a night, like every single week. It felt like four or five sacks every single week. I would see points allowed less than 10 on a regular occurrence. That Baltimore Ravens defense was absolutely legit. They're the best team in football, dude. Dude, They're the most complete team. And there's not even a, you have a special, think about this. You have a special teams head coach, the special teams. You have a kicker who hasn't missed a kick in 20 years. Yep. You have a head coach. You have a defensive coordinator. That's got one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league. Um, and that doesn't have a lot of big name guys. Like, you know, when you think about like Nick Chubb or, or not Nick Chubb, um, uh, you think so? Both, you, don't, uh, you, don't, you don't think they got some big I, names? They got no, some guys. I don't think. That, I, I only guys. know Patrick Queen. That's like the only name I know. I mean, no, they have you, players, you know, but I don't they, think they're, uh, stuff, they're no, not household dude, names, are they? No, what's the the linebacker from the Bears that they just tracked? Roquan uh, Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roquan Older. Smith. They, Okay. Yeah, they just drafted Kyle Hamilton, who's looking like one of the best players on their team right now. I mean, they have a good linebacking core. Uh, Jadavion Clown is on that team. But, oh, you know, they've got, about they've the got best at their players, position. Man. The only person I would say you could probably say is the best at their position that you would have been like, oh my God, this guy is the best, is going to be probably maybe Roquan Smith. 
just based on how he's playing this year. Um, but that entire defense as a whole is playing. It's not one person that is just, oh my God, this dude has sure, 75 interceptions. This guy has yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. sacks, right? It's There is such a collective success with that defense that that's what you hope for I if agree. you're a fan, right? I you don't want- think there's one name outside of Roquan Smith that well, we could, that's a household name. Patrick so- McQueen. Kyle Van Noy, maybe? No, that's yeah, not a Van household Noy. name. Yeah, yeah man, Van Noy. Dude, Van Noy's played a bunch of uh, the Patriots, he's but he's not. He's, a, he's old, dude. He right. old. Yeah, uh, Rakia Justin Houston, too. But that's Remember, my point. I think they're doing Justin it with good players. I'm not saying they have my, bad players. We're just saying is, they don't have Aaron Donald. My right. point they is, yeah. Well. They, they draft well, and they have a... They have a lot of above average players. Is this now, true? The Ravens have 24. Per- That's impossible. There's no way. That means every player made it. Well, I mean, you got to oh. think Justin Tucker. They have the special teams, probably. You have Lamar Jackson. Um, I, did they fly? No, it, it was he, he was just joking. It's okay. I was, okay. I was going to say um, that is like look, every player on the team. My, my final word on uh, McDonald. I'm I'm not a fan of the defensive coach. I still want the offensive coach. I feel like if you look at the playoffs, most of the coaches in the dance are offensive-minded coaches. I think that's the way. This is the first the NFL. Yeah, I think that's the way that the NFL is trending. However, if you were going to hire a defensive head coach, hire the coordinator of the best defense in football, and and keep it moving. This is the only defensive-minded head coach that I would really be okay with. There's a few others on this list I'm not at all with, but before we get to them, Tony, it's your boy, man. I'm going to let you read them off, too, because uh, this has been your man. This is Kristen Ledane's man. This is Panther Pickles' man. Todd Monken. Tell us about I um, am not champion any uh, championing championing oh, any individual. Thanks for playing, damn it. I think there's a good reason that Todd Monken could be considered though. Um one, I mean there's some reasons he probably shouldn't and that probably being how long he's how much he's had. Well let's see. Let's read his his resume first. Todd Monken uh current offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens Monken has had a vast career spanning both college and the NFL. He won two national championships as the co- offensive coordinator for Georgia and has spent the last two seasons with the Ravens going to the playoffs both years. Under Monken, the Ravens finished 20, the 2023 regular season as the league's best rushing offense and top five in scoring offense. Monken has also changed the Ravens through the air, helping Lamar Jackson uh, to the most passing yards and highest completion percentage of his career. So I guess Monken was hired when they fired. Uh, who's the guy that I used to like? Roman. Uh, yeah, yeah Roman. Greg Roman. I guess. Greg it, Roman. Um, yeah, look, I think brought, the negatives, I think the negatives for Monken is that, look, is he's kind of an outsider candidate, not a lot of NFL, tremendous amount of NFL experience. Hey, but, he's older. He's a little older yeah, than the other little, candidates. I think, though, that uh, there are, the benefit I see with Todd Monken 
is one, I think his ability to do well at both the collegiate and the NFL level kind of shows he's got his foot in both worlds where he can work with different types of players from pros to, uh, you know, co- collegiate players. He can help coach up players. He can also work with professionals who are the highest paid guys in the world. And to me, I think the single thing is this is Lamar Jackson's having his best season as quarterback. He might not have the statistical numbers that got him the MVP because he was rushing like crazy. Right. But Lamar is doing what we hoped Cam Newton would do. And that is taking an evolutionary step. And that is where the game is not predicated on your physical, uh, only on your exceptionalism as an athlete. Well, they've but, also put weapons around Lamar to be able to do that too. Sure, sure. And to um, be fair, he's, Lamar, uh, he's making the throws. He's he's passing well. He's he's improved as a passing quarterback under Monken. Their yeah, offense was they, they brought him in to get the most out of Lamar, the passer. They wanted to transition from that heavy run style RPO, running your quarterback. They wanted to pass the football. And Todd Munkin was the guy that they brought in to do that. And the fact that Harbaugh thought of Todd Munkin, that this is the guy that Harbaugh wanted, that has to speak a lot for him. Yeah, I, I think, Go ahead, I think that I I can see the appeal here. Um, I do want to – I'm slightly concerned with the decision to hi- hire him to get away from the RPO. Because I do feel like that would be almost necessary when you think about uh, Bryce Young, right? As of now, I almost feel like that's the avenue. You, you have to almost get an offensive coordinator or a, a, have an offense that's predicated around uh, getting the RPO going in a, in a, in a good way. Um, the other thing I would say, the only knock I could have against this, again, I think it's a good decision if we go that route. The only knock I would have is a, like top five in scoring offense. Well, I think that also is a, a direct reflection of how good their defense was. And I would venture to guess they had the shortest, uh, the absolute shortest uh, field out of any other team on average uh, starting now, position from an they've offense. They've done it. I don't want to take away from the Ravens defense, but I'm right. not taking away from the Ravens offense either. They can beat you. That offense is deadly on its own. Right. And they put up 56 against the the Dolphins. It's not, I mean, that offense has gone out there and blown out good fucking teams from the beginning, not just their defense only setting them up so they can knock them down. A couple of things to think about is, yes, talent around him, but an old Odell who's iffy all the time. True. Zay Flowers, a rookie. Well, I love. Do you remember how much I loved him in the process? Right, right. I wanted so bad for but, the Panthers to be able to Zay Flowers. It's not like he also has uh, the most elite weapons. He's got so, but they're making a lot of look. Mark they, Andrews. Mark Andrews went down, so they've been without him. And they got the likely guy who has been. He's Isaiah been crazy. Likely, who's a but look at this, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell before yeah, he had this he, leg. They can beat. You. They have beat you. This is what I like about Monken. He's gotten the best Lamar Jackson. Right. It's the best version of Lamar Jackson. You can't deny it. I I also think too, he his offense beats you every way. They beat you in the air. They have run teams into the ground this year. They've played tough. They've played right. ball like 
And I love I love how Lamar is making plays out of structure, but not just taking off and running entirely. Uh, this is what they brought. This is what they needed. This is what they wanted for Lamar. The concern with Lamar Jackson was that he was going to be Cam Newton. And that is always a better runner than a passer. And when that p- running ability starts to decline, if the passing ability doesn't improve, right, and you take that evolutionary step, you can't adjust with age. People really thought, look, as Lamar's MVP season was on his legs, more, just as more so than his arm. Greg Roman, I mean, it just wasn't working. Todd Monken's got it cooking. I don't know, CK, if RPOs with Young are a real good idea. I mean, at this point in time, the, main, the only run reason I, I think that I think it's a smarter – I'm not saying – no, run pass option is not the, the read option. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, run, oh, run pass you. option. The, yeah, RPO doesn't necessarily mean okay. that you're having to run. Got you. That's yeah. important. Now, sometimes right. it does. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes it does. If you do have a mobile quarterback, RPO can mean – it's play action out of the shotgun, right? Yeah. Is that what run pass option is? Play action out of the shotgun? Um, well, yeah, I slightly. Mean, I, I mean, I would I say maybe. Just, I don't think it's just a shotgun. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, yeah, there's there's similarities. But, they, I mean, everybody has said for a long time that Bryce Young needs uh, some more RPO type things, like he did at Alabama. And, again, they didn't use him. Uh, as like a, a runner at Alabama, either. But, I think um, this is a candidate you could land one. Um, I don't think a lot of fans would be super excited about this. I, I know I'm not. I, I, I know like, y'all love it. Is you like look like? Well, I mean, I like Lamar. I love Lamar. I've been a Lamar fan for a long time. Um, and I've seen him progress. He's gotten better every year. He's getting better as a player and as a passer, and he's doing the things people said he couldn't do. And this guy is now a part of that. So I like, I respect that. I respect this man's game. That's what I would say. For sure. Um, yeah, not my first choice. I wouldn't hate it, but not to do that. I would like it more than McDonald, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. I would like it more than Callahan, to be frank. Uh, so look, now we're up to Raheem Morris, another defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Morris is a longtime defensive coach in the league who brings former head coaching experience. Morris served as the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2009 to 2011. He also served as the assistant head coach under Dan Quinn. While the uh, with the Falcons, Morris also spent time on the offensive side of the ball. Since joining the Rams, who won the Super Bowl as defensive coordinator, and his unit tied the Super Bowl record for the most sacks in the game at seven. Morris also coached another Super Bowl team in 2002 with the Bucks. A native of Newark, New Jersey, he has been coaching for over 25 years now. So the man has a ton of experience. He's been to some Super Bowl teams. Uh, they mentioned that they had the most sacks in the Super Bowl. Granted. You also have Aaron Donald on that team. Something to think about. Chat doesn't like this name. I think they're being too hard on him. Uh, Raheem yeah. Morris struggled He's, in Tampa with no talent, and he got a lot. 
He was a head coach coordinator thing, man. They don't yeah, want he was a head coach in Tampa, and he was a better coach than he was credited for at that time for being brand new, right? Like he was young, super young in 09. Think of that. It's 14 years ago. 15 years ago, he started coaching as a, he got his first head coaching job. And they How gave him like one year or two, one or two years, I think. And they didn't have any talent. Uh, I don't think this would be a terrible hire. I mean, I think this would be, it would just be the defensive one. This is a, this is, that's it. Like, is I think right. he brings a lot of experience. I think he would have, I, I think he knows how to run football teams by now. I think he's been involved with a lot of different programs, which gives you a lot of good insight into different ways coaches have done it from training camp throughout the season. Uh, but again, just the defensive coordinator part, not sexy for Panther fans right now. And older too, 47 years old. It's not not that's perfect. Guy. That's a perfect age. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying he's not. I mean, he's older than some of the other guys that are on this list. Think about that's, this: 15. He got his first coaching opportunity when he's 32. His yeah. head. He was a head coach at 32. I mean, dude, he was on the 2002 Bucks team that won the Super Bowl. And he was like, what, out of high school then, probably? <laughs> <laughs> dude, something like that. Um, so, again, not a lot of love for Raheem Morris. I, I primarily think it's not because of what he has or hasn't accomplished. It's just the fact that he's a defensive coordinator. I like him better than um, this name. Uh, dude, I almost don't even want to read it, man. I, Dude, out of every name on this list, this is the only one that pisses me off if we sign him. Why? I'm sorry, dude. I am I not wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. No, I think that he's a leader. I think he's another Frank Reich. I think he's a Frank Reich on the defensive side of the football. I think he's a good coordinator. I don't think he's a good head coach. I know they went to a Super Bowl with him, but dude, if y'all remember when the Falcons fired him, it, it was just more of the same all the time. And let's, let's not forget, this is the head coach that authored the worst come from behind loss in Super Bowl history, man. Ever. I'm sorry. I don't want that loser identity tied to our Carolina Panthers. I agree with Jacob. That's a huge pass from me, bro. I think uh, the red flag for me with Dan Quinn is a defensive coach who went to the Super Bowl whose defense wasn't the star. Right. The offense was. It was, was the vulnerability down the road as they gave up the biggest lead in the history of the world. Uh, look, Dan Quinn uh, looks like he could coach a little league football team with that bat hat backwards. Hat backwards Dan Quinn looks cool. Like It looks like a regular old dad. It looks like a dad. Uh, not feeling it. This one's just no, not for no. me. I don't think it would be, again, this is uh, like a Raheem Morris in some cases. It's not the worst hire in a world, right? Because you're I would gonna, prefer Raheem to him. I agree. I agree with that. I think I think the stink of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2011 is a lot less stinkier than that of this Falcons. I don't know. I just... Yeah. Is, this, is, this is just uh, more John Fox or, you know, I just didn't think his yeah. defense, his defenses have been good because he's had great fucking players. Right. Legion of boom. 
right. man, that Seattle team had just as many stars on it, if not more than the Carolina right. Panthers but defense. Again, the, this Cowboys defense, they got players all out the wazoo. They got Micah Parsons doing everything. Yeah, they got Parsons. tons of yeah. guys. So it's not like, I mean, he's not, he's going to be a, a Ron Rivera. Hmm. Dude, I think he's a defensive Frank Rex. Okay. Yeah. The argument, if I were to make, I'm not rooting for this guy. Trust me, it's not. But the argument I would have is you say that there's a lot of people that, that are on this defense that are stars. In all reality, Micah Parsons is probably the most important one that you probably could put on that category. I mean, he's put he's put his cornerbacks in great positions. Like, you know, they bre- breaking records, cornerbacks you never would have heard of uh, or even like thought about Steph before the Gilmore. year started. No, so, the guy who uh, who broke the record for most. Uh, yeah, rookie. He was a rookie. Yeah, yeah, he was a rookie. You know, um, and and, and uh, granted, yes, that defensive line has Micah Parsons and um, got some players. They got players, yeah. dude. Yeah, they they have players, but I, I don't think it's as star studded as you think it is either. All right, uh, I don't think. I'm just saying, if we're gonna talk about the secondary, has been lights out for all the teams that he's been with. Yeah, From Seattle to Dallas, even had- Atlanta in some cases. Uh, yeah. The thing is, is that if you're going to hold it against the guy, not you guys, but if we are going right. to uh, hold it against the offensive guy coming from a team of great players and having success, he's not void of talent. Let's just put it that way. Dude, All right, we got any other names? Or yeah, is that we, it? No, nah, yeah, we got two of the biggest names uh, up on the board. This is your boy. So, Hey, this is my boy. If anyone asks you, hey, did you know who Cody from the C3 Panthers podcast wants to be the head coach? But now you can say, of course I know that. Cody prefers Bobby Slovic. And he's been telling people for weeks that that is his guy. Bobby Slovic, the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, had that great year with CJ Stroud. Uh, Slovic has been quickly rising through the coaching ranks as a part of the Shanahan tree. Dude, that's one of the biggest selling points right there. Uh, he began <laughs> as a defensive assistant under Mike Shanahan in Washington, spent two years at pro football focus. Ooh, don't love that. Then he re-entered the coaching world with Kyle Shanahan at the 49ers. While in San Francisco, he switched from the defensive side of the ball uh, back to the offensive side of the ball. So he does have experience on both sides of the ball. That's great for a head coach. Despite being the son of Bob Slovic, longtime NFL defensive coach and coordinator, Slovic has flourished on the offensive side of the ball. He coached C.J. Stroud to be a top 10 uh, quarterback regular season in passing, and uh, he's averaging the most passing yards per game for those players, uh, for those passers playing at least half of the season. This yeah, man, that offense guy, has been putting numbers up. We can't they've deny been putting that. Up numbers, man. They've been put they have good players on that team. They have good receivers. But also I go back to this. One, he's from the Shanahan coaching tree. That style of offense is literally perfect for Bryce Young to be able to flourish. And look at what they were able to do with a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud. The type of year that he was able to have. Dude, he's one of the best names that I like on this list. He's my favorite, uh, and if and I know that uh, if uh, if we end up getting him, I think he's going to be considered one of those guys mm-hmm. that is the next Mike McDaniel. 
I like it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with this one a lot. I guess the only concern that I have with these guys is how young they look. <laughs> and it's like when you go into the meeting room with all these giant ass fucking physically superior people. And then you're like, Hey guys, I'm uh, here and I'm a PFF, you know, like it's just, uh, but look, I I think one pointed out this, the links to the Shanahan tree. In fact, if you look, go back to the 20, I think it was the 2013 Washington Redskins. They had Slovic, they had McVeigh, they had Kyle Shanahan, they had Mike McDaniel. <laughs> like, yeah, like, dude, they had everyone. They, it was a legendary coaching staff, and now the, the Panthers, making. and now the Panthers have the opportunity to get their coach from that very same coaching staff. Man, I'm all aboard. I do Bobby Slovic, uh, Slovic, whatever, however you say his name. That's been the guy I've wanted for a while, and. I, I, like it. I would not be upset by this. I think Agreed. CK, how about this is, would you say, you know, that kind of weirdness we've got with Ben Johnson a little bit, like we yeah. like, you You know, it's kind of like, uh, we like you. I, I don't, don't know. Have if it I want- right. I don't feel like I have it as much either. And it's, it's, it's odd because they're basically the same, has two years of, of being a top tier uh, offense, but, I think when you see the struggles that Bryce Young had, the fact that Sloak was able not let's forget, let's talk about the importance of how he went through his first and second string offensive linemen and was still able to protect uh, CJ Stroud some way, shape, or form. I'm saying him. I know it's a collective effort, but I mean, He's that's figured not it out, though. To, yeah, that's not something to scoff at. When you hear uh, CJ Stroud on Pat McAfee yesterday talk about how. Uh, Slowick made where he thought he was going to be coming in and it was going to be more yeah. complicated. He said it was easier than it was in college. It was easier because of what Slowick was able to do. He was able to simplify the game. He was able to yeah. make this a a one, like a very one dimensional thing for CJ Stroud to be yeah, able one, to understand. Is we do this or we do this? We do that. Well, we do and this. By the way, wasn't this one of the criticisms? In the front, uh, in the organization with Bryce Young, that yes. David Depper literally sent marching orders to Frank Wright to simplify the offense for Bryce Young. Uh, dude, dude, to me, this writes itself. I also agree with what Jacob says. The fact that I love this comment has, too. Yeah, the fact that he has offensive background. He's an offensive coordinator, comes from a Shanahan tree, but he has defensive background as well. Meaning, he's the type of guy that can be a well-rounded head coach. Um, from both different sides of the football. He worked with PFF, so the dude loves to watch film. He's a film nerd. He's he better. If you're a head coach, you he better. Yeah, yeah uh, I like the def- – look, his family came – his dad was a defensive coordinator. He came up – in many ways, you think of Kyle Shanahan coming from his dad – uh, Mike Shanahan, who had those prolific run right. games where it was like every running back is going to get a thousand yards, no matter who it is. Um, this kind of, I think, like you said, this I love this comment by Jacob, uh, that he has the defensive background. I don't think he's a prisoner of a lens, you know, the lens right. of the so. I think if you get into the draft and you're talking with him. He's not just a prisoner to what he wants to see his offense be, but he can look at what he 
like he appreciates all sides of the ball. He understands, and it probably makes him a better offensive coach too. Right. Yeah, I like and, this. This is got to be. This might. This should be our number one. I'm telling you, I, I love that I'm winning people over to my side. Dude. Well, I think it's. I just think. I mean, the only thing that does concern me with these young coaches, like these super young. How old is he? Let me look it up. Yeah, look that up. Um, uh, also, the uh, another thing that I bring up a lot. But I do think that it bears repeating. Everybody and their mama knows that before the Panthers traded up to one, that the Houston Texans wanted Bryce Young. They wanted Bryce Young. People in that organization wanted Bryce Young, meaning there were a bunch of offensive people that thought that he was going to be the guy because of what that 49ers offense was able to do and how they never really had a big arm type of quarterback. They've had a lot of really high-level game managers, and they felt like Bryce Young could instantly fit that type of an offense. So that tells me that at one point in time, this guy was very high on the quarterback that he would be coaching here in Carolina. He's 36 years old. That could be a great asset, and it can also – the only concern I have with the young coaches – years older than me. He is younger than me by six years. Yeah. Um, it's just that you're going in to a room of Adonis's, like just built, you know, it's, it's just like sometimes, look, youth can be great sometimes. I'm just saying, does, does at any time, does it like, I feel like Ron Rivera, like people ain't talking shit, Ron Rivera. Like, you know, they ain't buzzing. Is it the is it the is it like the a, Steve Gannon effect? How so? Do you remember the video right before the season that came out and he was talking to this group of you know I want you to be killers, but he oh sounded, oh yeah, and it sounded so weird. Yeah, it was so odd and so like even the guys in the like you were they weren't like pounding their chest. Yeah, yeah, you know or anything yeah. like that. It was just like it was like a. The class of like it was just a weird professor who's like trying to motivate you with a speech that he yeah, really it, didn't even really believe in. There's this movie, How High, that's got Red Man and Method Man, and they go to Harvard and they take this black studies class, and the black studies class is taught by this white guy, and he wears like a dashiki in there. And, he's like, <laughs> and he goes, Who invented the air conditioner? A black man, and uh, he's just like so over the top. Uh, no, I, I just like looking this. at him like this fucking nerd. You know what? I might have. I feel like I have less trepidation with Bobby Slowick, Slowick than right. I do with Ben Johnson. I don't know why. Ck, it's, it's weird. Uh, it is weird, and and it, I think it only stems for me. It only stems from the fact that C.J. Stroud was able to have such a prolific season. Um. If that didn't happen, I don't know that we would have been as we, I don't know that we'd be that gung ho about this. Well, we would have never known about him. Well, sure. It's also the coaching tree. Let, let's be real. The Shanahan coaching tree right now is the biggest and best coaching tree that there is. And there's been this thing where it's like, okay, who's the next guy up? Because, you know, for, you know, you get Sean McVay out there. Uh, didn't you get the uh? What's the guy from the Bengals? Wasn't he there too? Uh, um, ooh, who? What? Let me see. Let me see if I can find that tweet. Well, I know that um, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel was also one of those guys. He was the next guy up. 
this guy, Bobby Slovak, was on that very same team. He was uh, a linebacker's coach then, too. How wild is that? Uh, let's see. Where is got that? Dude, the more and more you read about him, the more and more you're like, Oh, yeah, here, let's, oh, here it is. This is it. You got this is crazy. Uh, the name you're looking for is Matt LaFleur. Kyle Shanahan, yeah, yeah, Matt exactly. LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay. Uh, and on the defensive side, you had Bob's. Oh, no, that was his dad that was there. Okay. No, 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 he's no. Not, where is he? Oh, yeah, he's a defensive assistant. Yeah, he was he, he was a defensive assistant. For yeah, he was on that team. Okay. Dude, I want the dude that has been a legendary coaching offensive coaching staff. I want our guy from that staff, dude. This is my guy. Enough said for me. Anything else I want to add about uh slow before we move on here? Uh yeah, I got uh one thing. Oh, no, go ahead. All right. Next up, Frank Smith. This is the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, a name that has gotten a lot of traction from Panther fans. Smith began his coaching career in the college ranks before joining the Saints in 2010. He has worked his way through the NFL as a position coach before joining the Dolphins as offensive coordinator in 2002. His two seasons in Miami have helped lead the Dolphins to the playoffs both years. The Dolphins are first in the NFL in total offense for the 2023 season. And two attack of Iowa leads the league in passing yards and is second in passing yards per game. So if one of the bright, young, offensive-minded head coaches right now uh, is Mike McDaniel, well, this is his guy right underneath him. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been watching Hard Knocks. But uh, the Miami Dolphins are on hard knocks. They've shown a lot of Frank Smith. There seems to be a lot of trust in that offensive room. And, uh, yeah, I, I like this guy. A lot of people like this guy. His name has gotten a lot of traction recently. And uh, White Chocolate Espresso says he looks like a divorced dad. I like him. Uh, and that's a flattering picture of him. Um, here, I want to play this for the people uh you know, the real C3AP is one, and somebody else was mentioned. Oh, Al, this is for you, Al. Man, I'm going to tell you something. This pimping that I got in my blood, it came from a family tree. My granddaddy was a pimp. My great, great, great granddaddy was a pimp. I'm talking about pimping, been since pimping, since pimping, pimping, since pimping, pimping. It's in your bloodline, It's in my baby. blood, and you it's will never be that. Why, why, why? Because you was born, all the people in your family were assistant pimps. Absurd. <laughs> I don't know what that now nutter means, but it sound good here. Uh, is the next in a long line of pimps. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mike Mc, Mike McDaniel is the pimp dude. That guy's look is just fucking fire, dude, bro. Mike McDaniel is the man. I love yeah, him. let me see. Can you hear this? We know rumors are always yep. out there. We're gonna get banged with that music. Um, he was asked about being mentioned for the Carolina Panthers job. Anyway, um, this uh, Frank Smith, and he teared up. I said it was humbling, an honor, that type of thing. Uh, again, this is what you – this is um, – he's a, 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 a gettable hire. Right? Yeah, I think so too. That's why I'm saying, man, uh, don't fall in love with one 
uh, of these people. There are multiple who we would be happy to have yep. as the coach for the Carolina Panthers. And, and so quite honestly, being at – even if there are a lot of openings, I'm still – like. I don't know that we're going to get five uh, five candidates deep before we stop liking these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, no, I don't. Explain. So I'm saying that I don't think that we're going to get to a point where we don't like the the idea of a candidate even after five of them been, have been taken off of the board, right? I think there's a lot of great candidates for G, for the head coach that makes me excited for the potential of what the head coach is going to be, even if we aren't the top tier, like if we're not going to get a Ben Johnson, honestly, I'm not upset about it. Like I'm going to be happy with Ben Johnson. I'm going to be happy with uh, Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to be happy with Slovic. I'm going to be happy with either of the coordinators from the Ravens. I'm going to be happy with a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. Frank Smith is somebody that I'm, I personally am a proponent of as well. Um, like, I just don't know that there's enough head coaches head coach positions for me not to be happy with any of these decisions. a lot of openings up there um what, i didn't what, even know there was a how high we have this, okay uh, what, what are, i don't know got, that Oakland, uh, or i don't know that Tennessee. Las vegas, i don't know that las vegas is going to be an actual opening they're going to have to interview but that interim coach the way he had that team uh playing i don't know that they can move on from him well you got and Tennessee. You cloud yes cheer informed too yeah yeah absolutely. you got tennessee atlanta the Chargers, the Panthers. Um, who else do we got? Uh, the Commanders. Uh, maybe the Patriots. Uh, who else? Is there anybody else? Am I missing anybody? Who's in the AFC getting fired? Anybody? You said the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Um, everybody's making it at the NFC West. In the Everybody's making it. I think that might be all it's like seven seven jobs it's a lot but it's not i mean it feels like this is you know what there's about six coaching jobs every year it feels like almost yeah and now they're they're saying um uh this year and next year is going to be potentially the most so yeah so look we came to the end of the list that's uh, it the panthers oh you said you had more right well i wanted to put in this is uh I didn't know that we had Monkin on the list. I saw that he had been contacted. Mike K had said that. But uh, I did see a tweet. I can't confirm it, and I can't really find it right now. Is that the Panthers have spoke with Harbaugh's people. Um, well, I, I brought on, this uh, up on WFNC. the... Yeah, but I brought this up on the free-for-all. The rumor was, and now we can talk about Jim Harbaugh a little bit, that uh, Jim Harbaugh would still consider being a Carolina Panther coach. That he would still come here, but David Tepper isn't interested. That he doesn't want to give up as much power as would be required with a Harbaugh. Right. Yeah. I mean, One, I do you believe I... it? And do you think that Harbaugh still wants to come here? Uh, I mean, that's the the total fear with David Tepper. Million dollar question right there. Yeah. Um, I think yes. I think Harbaugh would be fine with it. Um, I think it really boils down to a couple of pieces. It's going to boil, boil down to um, the there has to be an agreement that Harbaugh would have control over the team, and not necessarily the roster control, because I don't think we're ready to give that up uh, after the rule experience. But I think it's got to be something that you have to be willing to say, 
your whatever decision you have of who's starting, who's not, what you know, you're going to have major input on who's on this team, um, and and let him actually build this the way that he needs to build it. Yeah, uh, I well, I think this is. I just think Harbaugh is a personality that uh, would be arguably too much for Tepper. I don't think Tepper's too much for Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's too much for Tepper. Yeah, I, wish, I, I think that's why a lot of people believe the reports. So I think this is from um, T-Bone from WFNZ, I think. Uh, one, one of those guys, uh, he basically came out and said that, that uh, David Tepper doesn't want Jim Harbaugh because he doesn't want to relinquish that much power. And one of the things that was said on the free-for-all that I'll echo, uh, I don't remember who said it, pardon me, uh, but it, it was that Matt Rule scared Dave Tepper into giving up that much power to a head coach. So if you're going to get Jim Harbaugh fresh off of winning an ad for the Michigan Wolverines, is that you're going to have to give him enough power to want to come here. Especially since all those other teams that you named, Tony, like we're not the only one with rich owners now. We're not the only one with a team and some pieces to to build upon. So if you're going to get Harbaugh, you're going to have to relinquish some power. Yeah. And that David Tepper is still shell-shot after having did that with uh, Matt Rule the first time. Uh, the real uh, C3 AP says that's why we need him. I think the other... I just think Harbaugh has the pedigree where he deserves it. I think Matt Rule asked for more power than he deserved. Like he thought higher of himself than he truly was. Is Harbaugh has done it everywhere, dude. Like it's undeniable that he has yep. just succeeded as a coach everywhere he's gone. And to me, what I I still take away this is everybody acts like he's such a weird fucking dude. You know, like his personality is like off-putting. His players fucking love him, dude. Yeah, I've never seen a coach other than maybe Nick Saban, who the players just adore. Like they, after that game, you can tell that they really appreciate Harbaugh. And dude, after after he was suspended or whatever, or he couldn't join the team for the final few games of the year, they were all wearing shirts with his name on it. Like they were going at the NCAA. And dude, this is everything that we've known about Harbaugh from his time with Stanford, from his time with the 49ers. People love this dude. They want to play for Harbaugh. And All if right. you're going to get somebody with prior head coaching experience, Harbaugh is the guy. That's the guy, dude. He, he, meets, is, he is a uh, guy. successful Frank Reich. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the the far former more Panther uh, quarterback too. Ah, oh, shit! Here yeah. we go again, yeah. baby. Here All right, let's go. get back to the calls. Uh, we get a few more calls, man. We're already at eleven thirty. Good guys, there's a lot to I talk know. about. Holy cow! Let's get back to these calls real quick. See what you guys gonna say. What's up, Panther people? So I've been thinking, what can I contribute? What can I help contribute to you guys? On my call today, I could talk about the state of the Panthers, you know, state of the GM, the coach, uh, Bryce Young. Like I can argue against him. I've been doing it all season for over a fucking year now. Or I can even make a case for Bryce Young. So I think for today, I'll talk about Bryce real quick so we can 
I can get it out of my system. Um, but here's some food for thought. And think about this for a second, because what you're not hearing is nobody saying out there, which is odd, because you just picked them number one overall. Everyone was clamoring about this guy, all the quote-unquote experts. But I don't hear anyone saying that anyone, any coach should love to come to Carolina because they have their number one pick at quarterback. They have their QB of the future. Nobody's saying that. They're not even saying that and then adding in in spite of Tepper or in spite of the struggle because they all know, but they're not saying it. They all know he ain't it. Just some food for thought there because you would think – in any other situation, if someone was picked number one overall and they were the guy and the coach was fired, people would be saying, hey, who, who, they're going to be fighting over this job. And that's just not the case. They're just too scared to admit it. All the media types, they're all just scared to fucking say what everyone's thinking. Well, most of us, anyway. But here's the thing. I'm going to contradict myself and give you some more food for thought. And I'm going to tell you why it may just be right to have Bryce, even though this is painful for me to do. But think about it. What did Tepper say in that post-draft conference? He said he gave us the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Now, if he pans out just to be, you know, a decent QB, here's why I, I can make a case for him. Because he's not flashy and he may never – you know, require that fifty-plus million dollars a year contract. So let's just say he's a thirty million dollar a year guy, or I don't know the numbers, but less than a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, or maybe even what Stroud's going to demand. Let's just say he's really good at not throwing interceptions, just managing the game, and he allows us to have some cap space down the road. I'm not saying two years. You know, we're talking after his rookie contract. Just some food for thought, guys. Hope you're enjoying your off season so far. I'll be tuning in every week. Later. Appreciate Love you. Love that. Thank you for the support, man. Absolutely. Um, you want to go to the next call? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, this is kind of power through a couple of them. I want to get to this guy. This is these. Just trying to get in my cat call this evening. What's up, brother? Had a great day today. Hope everyone else listening to the show and everyone else on the show had a great day as well. Um. Got some, got some thoughts on the, on the cat calls. First of all, I wanted to call in. I don't want to never call in. I want to contribute to the show. But second of all, you know, this isn't, I'm not the strongest on this platform. This, the cat call platform, some people were very masterful of it. And it's not really my, my cup of tea, but I still enjoy, uh, calling in every once in a while. I don't know. You're uh, pretty good at it. What I am a little better at is the spaces. I'm a little better on the fly when I've got some people to interact with. Um, and, and, and we're about to do the C3 warm up here just in a few minutes. That's from eight to nine on Tuesday nights on Twitter or X. Our conversations continue to grow. Um, the people involved who continue to develop chemistry with those that come on there regularly. Um, it's a good listen and it's a good time. And to be honest, it's probably better than some other Panthers podcast coverage out there. Um, not C3, of course, but some other ones out there. So you may enjoy that. Give us a listen if you get some time. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays is generally our times, depending on, on what C3's got going on Thursday. But I just do a short little space, that C3 warm-up from 8 to 9 on Tuesdays. Anyway, when you talk about Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson is leading the way uh, in odds to be the next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. I see a lot of money bringing him here. Um, I don't see a lot of other things 
than the money drawing him here. And I have some fears with that. Um, quickly before my time runs out, my, my biggest fear is Tepper's patience with a first time head coach. You know, um, he gave Matt Rule a pretty good leash, you know, I think. Um, but Matt Rule was the kind if you gave him an inch, he wanted to take a mile. And I just don't know that Ben Johnson has enough connections around the league to put together top quality coordinators and, and position coaches that's going to make him successful, especially off the bat. Um, we, because there's some problems there roster wise for Ben Johnson. So he brings in this magnificent offensive scheme, but yet we're still slow at the wide, wide receiver position and we're still leaky on the offensive line. I mean, how much improved are we really expecting for next season? And, and does that meet Tepper's expectations? And, and that would be, you know, my biggest fear is that we bring him in. We don't give him enough time. We we fire him uh, out of disgust, just as we've done the other coaches midseason. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just worried that Tepper may do that. He just seems kind of reactionary at, at times to, to things, you know, throwing drinks on people. That's a little bit reactionary. For example, so that those are my fears with Ben Johnson. Oh, um, first is I CK. I think he is kind of walking in our shoes here. Yeah, is I think the fear of Ben Johnson is the expectation that he's great already. Mm. Yeah, kind of like the Bryce Young moment right. is. I think we I I personally just expected Bryce to have a seamless transition into the nfl because of the way people talked about him and described him and all of those things and then i i feel like bobby slovic slowick is ben johnson without the expectations right i think with ben johnson because you're gonna pay him a shit ton of money because he's the hottest candidate you see him as a savior uh, which creates a lot of and and here is the thing, CK. I think you said it in the last show. Is uh, you got to give these guys the next guys getting four years easy, and three Has and a half at, at least. Two with Bryce and two after Bryce. I would say two with Bryce and one and a half. Um, if, I think that Tepper will uh not get to a, a full second or fourth season if it just continues to look like this. Um. Honestly, Tepper might sell the team if we continue to look like this. So uh, there's there's that op- uh, potential outcome as well. He's never selling, man. He jumped up his uh, net worth of $11 billion. That's yeah. more than he would get selling the team. So, yeah, David Tepper is the owner. Everybody just better start hoping and praying that the Church of Sportsology will help lead David Tepper, a lost billionaire soul, to the promised land of Vince Lombardi. All we need is this coach to come in and have moderate beginning success. If he comes in and has a Matt rule first year, yeah, Matt rule first year of five wins has us feeling fine. I almost would say it had you feeling more than fine. It had you feeling like, Oh, we're improved. We're a better team. I mean, we just have to is, I, I don't think it's going to be as hard for this coach to impress us as that we think it's going to be. Right. And again, I think we have been overly hard. No, look, is uh, the Bryce Young debate. I'm already fucking tired of it. But Frank Reich and them are victims, too, of just failure. 
right? I mean, if a couple of things go different, it's this is all a different trajectory, you know, is like you win that Atlanta game without the pick or something like that. I mean, it's just small, but it's not going to take a lot to get us invested in Bryce, get us invested in this team right. again. Um, but that doesn't mean, and I think cool. The good thing is, is that we were so floored by this year's performance that we're not going to hopefully fall into the trap of, oh, well, we could get eight wins this year. You know what I mean? I, we had such inflated expectations for this team, <laughs> but they did let down even modest expectations. That was yeah. the problem. So uh, let's go to C3 Anthony from Charlotte. What's on C3? Anthony from Charlotte. Sounds sick. Um, not much to talk about. Season's over. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. So glad Scott Fitter is gone and we cleaned house for once. We did it. We cleaned house. That was the major thing that was going to give Panthers fans hope. Um, as far as the coaches go, um, you know, I'm really open to a lot of these guys. I think we're just in a very lucky year with coaches in terms of like, and it, it seemed like they have something different to offer. I wouldn't really be subjective to not having any of them or like from Ben Johnson to Dave Canales to Bobby Slowick to Mike Rabel to Jim Harbaugh, the Bill Belichick. I mean, they're way what we've <clears throat> had. And I think that the, yeah. And I think that the people that Kepper, you know, and us, we've requested to interview are legit candidates that legit NFL organizations are going to interview, right? Like I said last, uh, what I said, I, I think I said this last week. I don't think if we had this sportsology, um, firm helping out Tepper, I don't think he would have suggested a guy like Frank Reich or, you know, Matt Rule. Um, so, you know, my favorite candidate probably got to be, Mike Vrabel, um, big fan of him in the culture. I think he got fired for a lot of the, the things that GM screwed up on, um, that got fired last season. And I just think he wasn't able to overcome the roster was very bad. And, you know, dealing with a rookie quarterback, um, there's that another reason. I, and he's a culture builder. You get the players to play hard. Ben Johnson simply because he's a Charlotte guy. His offense is fun. It's creative for those reasons. Um, he runs an I-formation scheme on offense, so we'd still be running the ball heavy, which is great. Um, Dave Canales, look at what he's done with Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith back-to-back seasons, right? I mean, Baker absolutely balled out this year. Um, Bobby Slowick. Probably wanted Bryce Young in the pre-draft process. That's the guy that you bring in. He, he knows the Shanahan system. So give me your thoughts. Um, I don't really have a main, main favorite. I'm honestly okay with all these guys. As for GM, get the guy from the Eagles. Anthony from Charlotte, he motherfucking pounded. Keep pounding. Uh, I like the guy from the Eagles. Uh, I like the guy from the Chiefs. Uh, the yeah the uh let me see if I pull up his name again 
Yeah, Alec Hallaby from the Philadelphia Eagles. To me, as of right now, the names of the guys that we have previewed are like Alec Hallaby, uh, who was the assistant GM at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I like Bobby Slowly, the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. I think that's a match made in heaven for us, man. This I'm is, happy that we all agree on Slovit, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm excited. But I mean, like, I have reasons that I like Monken personally. Sure. You sure. know, but, like, I'm not, like, in love with him by any means. Um, This is right on time. This Marquise, Marquise Haynes tweeted this out an hour ago. I done been through so much adversity this season. It's tough to keep me down. I'm an underdog and that's my motto. I'm going to keep grinding until it's time for me to hang it up. Somebody uh, told me that the reason Tepper threw the drink on it was because they were making fun of Marquise Haynes getting Yeah, out yeah, yeah. The, the Jags fan was being the dick about Haynes. I, you know, that doesn't really make it that much better for me, to be honest. Like, No, control yourself. Keep your cool. Um, don't throw a fucking drink I mean, on that. Do you know how many times? Oh, you know people were putting the crying Keekly memes up if we threw a drink on yeah. everybody for that. Um, and the other, I wanted to put this up as we're talking about these coaches. I hate telling, giving the people pub pub, and they ain't ever giving me no damn pub. Them. Four-man rush put out this. My concern is this. What Tepper wants, an offensive-minded, analytics-driven organization. What we have, a rugged O-line built for downhill run game, an improving running back to lean on, a good defense, and a struggling QB that needs to get settled. I don't really feel like we have a rugged (laughs) O-line. I think that if you make a decision to put your eggs in the basket of this offensive line and Chuba Hubbard, with a defense that fucking broke at any moment. Fuck that. I'm sorry. I just don't agree. I think that's like, I'm so over this. We're built for a different type of game. Our players just suck, dude. Yeah, we couldn't it's not the that the ski. I mean, yeah, you could say schematically we could, we should have been better. We could have done some different things better. Look what Steve Wilkes got and all of this, but that don't make them better players. No, um, I mean, we didn't have the personnel to match a lot of the times on offense and defense what we wanted to do. Uh, a lot of people are mad at the 3-4. I still think that the 3-4 can work, but I feel like the Panthers have never had a roster on defense that was actually ever built for a 3-4. So, we build in that direction now. I see it both ways. Every time we move, we've moved in one year and move back, right? So yeah, we move back yeah. again. I agree. I think you have to be able to develop the players. If you want these guys to be able to do a 3-4, you can't just move them one year and think, oh, man, this is a completely different style of defense. They're going to be able to be successful. Um, we hoped that, that was the case. And they, were, they weren't they were bad as a whole, but they certainly weren't pressuring quarterbacks very often. I don't think uh, they had to. Again, teams never gotten long distance. Just watch, go back and watch every game, which I would don't do that unless you want to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you go and look at this, is in and this defense, it never the reason Brian Burns only had six sacks is because this defense was always facing teams in two, second and three. Right, they'd rip off a big run for six yards on 
first down and they have two down. You can then you can just do two short passes. Um I think this defense performed well given the talent they had this year. I think that a 3-4 defense has some, something that can be built and continue to be built and you need My thing is this is I'm not attached or married to any philosophy right now can when it really comes be? to the Carolina Panthers. Because, like, you can't say we're a smash-mouth run team. You can't say we're a fucking hard-nosed top defense. Like, is I think the Panthers are rebuilding. So to think that you have to, yeah, you're going to need your players to cater to your players' needs of whatever that, this team's going to be way different next year. If it's the same fucking team, man, I'm not watching. Yeah, who would? <laughs> you know, uh, is a- I just, I mean, I think this is just kind of convenience arguments when you go right. to Wilkes, when you go to, oh, we should. Because what, what are we talking about is when we run the ball a lot and we don't do well, they're saying you should pass. When you pass the ball a lot and we do well, you say, oh, Br- Bryce Young's, we didn't run the ball a lot in Bryce Young's best game. You know, the 30 to 30, 33, 30 game. Nobody's like, oh, well, we should have fucking smash map powered this. Did you know, it's just like when you're losing, everything is the problem. Yeah, Every single thing is the problem. You should have ran the ball. You should have thrown the ball. It was the play calling. It was the coaches. It was the players. And yes, it is all of those things. But I don't think this team has an identity. So to not hire a coach because you fear that he won't match your non-identity it's weird to me. Let's go to D from Sanford. What's going on, C3 family? D, Sanford, North Carolina. Shout out to the great Tony Dunn, to the homie Cody Lack, to CK, to Muscles Marinara, that effing guy, to Dagon. Shut the hell up. Panther Pickle, to Kristen Ladane. Yo, she cracks me up, yo. Just everybody needs a G, baby. I first off, want to thank Cody and him for letting me come on the show yesterday with bitter inspiring. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Had a great time with that. Um, Happy to enjoy. Now that the the season's over with and we don't have to put ourselves through any strain or torture and so forth, Mm -hmm. we can sit back now and, you know, try to build some optimism. No unrealistic optimism, but at least optimism in some areas. But um, now that we're getting into these talks about GMs and, and coaches or whatever, I was asked yesterday, I was a little more unprepared. I had heard some names, but now that I'm looking, one of the statements that I've seen so far is if you want Ben Johnson, go get Ray Agnew from the Lions. He helped in the rebuild with the Rams. He helped with the rebuild of the Lions. And from what I understand, Ben Johnson is really high on so I would take a look into that. He's already been a part of two major rebuilds. And if you remember those rebuilds, of him coming call in, here. they didn't take very long to start quantifying results. So yeah. as far as the general manager, I'm saying Agnew as the head coach, I'm saying Ben Johnson, don't know how anything is going to fly. Hey, but shout out to the dopest and the longest running Carolina Panther podcast on YouTube. On the internet, C3. Just excited to be a member, excited to be part of this community. I love every single one of y'all from the bottom of my heart. Hey, let's keep pounding. Let's hope whoever hires the right people and we start making the right moves. Hey, and look on the bright side. 
It ain't like I like where P. Diddy or somebody like that with them guys. <laughs> football team. So there's a bright side to everything. And also, yeah. I hope Amen. with all these storms and everything they had going on that everybody oh, yeah. is safe, yeah. healthy, bad and, and just ready to have a good night of Panther, Panther football. I love y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Brings it every time. What a great call. Dude, um, every time D calls in, I always feel better about my life right after, man. D's the home. Good football t- he brings good football talk, too. Oh, so it's always. not even like, I mean, it, it's got all, the, It's he's playing the greatest yeah. every week. He's and he makes, a great, he makes great points for Agnew. He makes great points for Johnson. And again, like especially with Johnson, there is a reason why I've been using this term. He is the bell of the ball. Everybody uh, wants to Bring him home at the end of the night. You know what I mean? He's the name for a reason. And look, like I know that tonight, CK and Tony and myself as well, we kind of, you know, uh, gave our, you know, the alternative opinion on Ben Johnson. But I, I do think I probably speak for the three of us where none of us are going to complain or be upset if Ben Johnson is named the head coach. Like, I'm He's trying not to get him. overexcited about any candidate, number one, right? Sure. Is like, I don't want to overinvest in anybody. But at the same time, he feels like the long shot to me. So I don't want to fall in love and think he's the answer and then get not, you know, and then we ask him to the prom and he says no. Yeah. You know, so um, if he turns, I, I want to be pleasantly surprised to learn that Ben Johnson's the quarterback, not... Or the banging the table for him. Right. Um, and I agree with you on that. Um, I, I don't think out of any of the candidates that we highlighted tonight, I don't know that I would be upset with a single one except for maybe Dan Quinn. Right. Isn't that strange, too? The first time we're, we're kind of a big pendulum. Is this a pendulum swing? We go from a coach with no NFL experience to a coaching staff with so much in a NFL experience. And now we're kind of swinging towards the middle of guys with experience, but never had coaching experience. It's yeah. it's a it's a weird uh, it's a weird pivot. But I mean, at the end of the day, last last year, I don't think that there were a lot of a lot of options, right? I think there might have been three, four, maybe five big names. Um, yeah, it felt like it was Ben Johnson, Eric Ryan, yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Um, Ryan was, was still on, you know, on our, that was a big People's one for hearts, us, but yeah. not anybody else. He wasn't getting interviewed anywhere else. Um, but I don't know that we had a long list of people even because, I mean, there wasn't a, there wasn't, weren't a tremendous amount of head coaching jobs open last year. Were there probably five? So usually I think the league average is four or five. Um, I, Texans, uh, Colts, Colts, Cardinals, Cardinals. That's four right off the bat. I think uh, it might have been all there was. Maybe. Maybe I'll think of this. So I I am. I'm interested. These names, I I it's weird. I, I don't know why I feel this way. I'm not excited by anybody, but I'm not off put. Right. I mean, uh, I, I'm excited about the proponent of getting Jim Harbaugh. That's exciting to me. I just think it's going to be one of those. The only thing that I fear about Jim Harbaugh or even Mike Vrabel a little bit, but I think Vrabel was a great coach. Like, I mean, he outbelled it, but I just don't, I think he's going to be the Patriots coach. 
Remember he out Belichick Belichick and he did the false starts on purpose? Yeah, yeah. in the in the in the playoff game. Yeah. yeah I uh, like Vrabel. A lot of people are also talking about Vrabel being our next head coach. I don't think that happens. I just want I us to either. hire our GM first. That's it. The only way I see the only hire way the I GM see, first. I agree, Tony. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, the only way I see Vrabel coming here is if the Bills end up maintaining Bill. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Patriots end up maintaining yeah, Bill. Right. Um, and the only reason, here's my thing. I If Vrabel is now open, I could see the Patriots firing Bill. Right. No, I mean, I, I th- could see them not I even would agreeing that, to part ways. I, I think could it would be nice him. for Bill to take a gracious exit. I think he should retire. Yeah. <laughs> he should retire. And then this, this makes everybody happy. Mm-hmm. You bring back a Patriot. You do, you know. Um, all right, even let's stick go. around as a. Even if Bill were to stick around as a the uh, GM, no, not even a GM. I wouldn't want to put him on the GM role. I, a lot of people say that he builds these massive, and he's able to do some things that I think that are impressive. But overall, his he's half good, been, half bad. He's not often, a good drafter, yeah, right? Well, I would say in the last five six years, he's been one of the worst. Um, so I wouldn't want to put him on the GM role um, either. I would say putting him as like a advisor, similar similar to a Jim Caldwell position was this, right. this year. Um, to give help. him an office, give yeah. him a watch. Right. All right. That way go. he's still a part of the organization and you don't have to worry about that. That um, Or him going to another team. Right. I think the real is, I think you just say this is Belichick, are you ready to retire? If you want to go to another team, we're going to either fire you or you can stay. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're ready to retire, we've got a prime opportunity to make everybody happy and feel good story. Yeah. Next call. A few more. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, guys? Um, I'm going to do a little bad? bit of crow right here for myself. Um, I was a bit wrong on Penny Jr. He's not the best quarterback in the draft. And um, when Michigan put that pressure on him, he kind of like, he ain't full, but he's still in there, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't all. He wasn't looking all like that. But he could still be a viable quarterback. But still, he kind of folded when Michigan put that pressure on his head. And um, Jim Harbaugh should be the coach. We just need to get Jim Harbaugh and a GM at the same time. Jim Harbaugh take his GM, whatever, whatever, just like they did with Trent Balky in San Francisco. And then we we've been in a good position. We'll be sure. This sounds stupid, uh, and it might sound stupid to people who follow this. Is Penix a first-round draft pick? What was Cody? the question? I think Is, so. I, I I do think so. Uh, ooh, I think he no did. He slips. Could you see him slipping? Yeah, I do. I mean, he's the type of player that he didn't really show that clutch performance that he was CJ good. Had it was like the guy dropped the pass. Well, there was no, no, like... there was there was a big time overthrow in the in the second half that he had to do wide open dead to rights and panic just overthrew him. And he played great all year, but CJ Stroud against Georgia played his very best football in the game that mattered most and Penix didn't. So I do like Penix. He's a lefty. He's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. But, but he's had four season-ending injuries, and he's like it's another situation where he's like, he's like 26. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's already Not old terribly too. old. I mean, I think that the age thing does matter. I'm more concerned about his injuries. Number one, number two, he doesn't seem like the biggest dude. Uh, he's six three. Oh, he is. Okay, 
I know. I just wondering this. He's still like Deshaun Watson, kind of. Okay. I was. I'm just curious. Is what happens if we're sitting there at 33 and Penix is there? Is there a chance? Oh, dude, our, dude uh, we, is there a I chance? Know, I know a lot of fans want it, but there is zero. I know, chance, I know, dude. but imagine the com. Zero. I just the conversation at that point would be interesting if he slips. I don't know. I don't know It'll enough about the college football least, yeah. rankings enough to see if he will. Let's go to the next goal. Hey, guys. Uh, the story about Adam Peters that I've been reading about why we may not be looking at him, supposedly after this season's over with, uh, John Lynch is going to be moving to a VP of football operations role, and they're going to be moving – Peters oh. GM, so they don't lose Peters. So that may be why we're not even looking in on them. Interesting. Uh, just passing that along. That's been a long story the last few weeks. I've heard in Rappaport and Adam Schefter talking about that. I have so that heard may be that. why we're not looking at Peters. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, just hoping that Tepper will finally take a step back and actually take the advice of this firm and not just have them come in and then him do his own thing. Love the show. Keep pounding. You have a good day. Oh, call of the night for me. Inside information. Loves the show. Uh, Adam, I always wonder about that. Is like, why would Lynch? But, hey, he's proven it. Interesting. Um, all right. This is the growl that makes him hell. Hey, guys. It's the growl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. But I didn't call after the game on Sunday because I was just glad this shit was over. I mean, what a very fitting way to end this god-awful season, this wretched season, by going from not ever having gotten shut out since 2002 to getting shut out back-to-back weeks in the season. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's why Scott Fitter is gone. That's why Frank Reich's gone. David Tepper's a doofus. We know that, but we can't get rid of him because he's the owner. Uh, but as for the GM. Guys, I know y'all might like the assistant GM for the Eagles. He makes a good case, too. I know y'all might like um, uh, 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 the guy from the Bucks. But Kai Harley's my guy, bro. Kai's my guy. It rhymes. Kai's my guy. This is a guy. You know what? How How many years have we said, oh, the Saints? The Saints don't have salary cap. The Saints don't have salary cap. So we might get a break from them. And they terrorize us next year because at the last second, right. they find a way to get through their cap hell. Guess who was a part of that? Kai Harley. Sign me up, dude. We need some of that Saints voodoo magic in our organization. We need some Carolina voodoo, baby. Barbecue voodoo. That's what we need over here. And let him pick the head coach that he wants, and let's get this shit rolling because we need to uh, uh, we need to uh, be better than we have been. And uh, before I go, shout out to my Sicilian queen, Kristen. I'm actually half Italian myself. No, Is he I'm not lying. Kristen? I am half Italian myself. That's why I make such a great drunk at Christmas. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. 
Dude, I believe Kristen has a fiance. Joey, you home wrecker. God. Yes. Dude, she's like a dog yeah. in heat, man. Imagine if he saw Kieran Choi's pro- Kieran Choi's profile picture. <laughs> oh, dude. Be... Kieran, it how is. I dream of you at night. Yeah, it is uh impressive. Um here, this is was asked for by one of the listeners. Calorie sap, set calorie sap, calorie <laughs> <laughs> cap space. That's how you know the show is running a little too long. Oh, uh, yeah, no, um, Panthers, oh, no. uh, not in terrible shape. Looks like uh, 29 million in effective, it looks like 37 projected. That number will go up as they cut some people and do some different things. I thought we were set to have one of the most, spe- uh, nope. We're Panthers. We are the Panthers, bro. It is impossible. We will never, ever. This is not part of our life, guys. Is we're never gonna have a fucking dynamic offense without Cam Newton. Now, I mean, every year, every fucking year. When is it that we get the most cap space? Never. Yeah, never. Never. It was supposed to be this year. I'd, yeah, I that swear everybody to you, it was. Yes, that's what they kept telling us. They kept telling us. They kept telling Never. All right, last two calls. C3, you fucking guys. How you doing? All right. Well, I wasn't going to call. Paisan. I'll call anyway, even though I really don't got a whole lot to say. The, uh, the GM search, coaching search, that's not really my department. You know what I mean? I don't know who's who with the coaching and who to who's who with the GM. You know, I saw the list. Something stuck out at me. No vowels at the end of anybody's last name. That's a little, it's a little disturbing to me. A little anti-Italian discrimination, but I digress. <laughs> All right. One thing I will say though, if the Eagles lose this weekend, get knocked out of the playoffs, and they, because I seen, I heard rumblings, seen the shit. If they end up firing that Sirianni fucking guy, that pretty fucking guinea over there. He should shoot to the top of the fucking list. Yes. Let's do it. He's a good fucking coach. And he's Italian. And I love that shit. Either way, you know, I'm listening to you guys go back and forth about who's who and using a lot of big words. So I'm going to take that as a sound of disrespect. I don't know what (laughs) I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. Oh, that's a great call. Uh, I love you, brother. I love him. Uh, He's the man. Great dude. All right. Last call of the night. What's going on? It's me, C Doll, nineteen eighty-three. C Doll. Real quick, I was just listening to y'all talk about the Dan Morgan being a GM. I don't want Dan Morgan as a fucking GM. And uh, real quick, man, Dan Morgan didn't have shit to do with the fucking Seahawks being great. That was fucking Pete Carroll. Yeah, I mean, man, we can say the same about, about Fitter. To be honest, the Buffalo Bills got a great fucking GM and Brennan fucking Bean. Who was with the Panthers and Sean McDermott took him with him to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Damn, Morgan ain't had shit to do with the Bills. I just want to address that real quick. But anyways, whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. Make sure you subscribe to the great fucking content. You guys go live every Tuesday. They got the free for all on Friday and they got the game recap on Sundays. You know well, what I'm saying? But after uh, a while. Yeah, thank God. With that being said, we I did hope everybody though. have a great day. I hope everybody have a great week. In my personal opinion, I don't give a fuck who Tepper hires. 
we're gonna be trash long as Tepper is the fucking owner. Oh, he didn't put in. You know, uh, unless he brings in yeah. goddamn Jim Harbaugh, somebody gonna tell him to shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> sit back. You know, I just don't have no faith, and I, I just have no faith in this organization right now. Oh, man, it's kind of sad, man. You know, being a Panthers fan. But anyways, man. Whenever you come in here, like, subscribe to the fucking content. Shout out to Panther Pickle. Shout out to uh, Kristen Ladane. Shout out to the whole C3 podcast. Uh, man, got them G baby. Stop fucking hiding. You know, <laughs> he was in the chat with early. That being said, hey man, everybody have a great day. Let's get ready for this fucking draft. They can't get us a mm, fucking mm, quarterback. Mm. But besides that. And have a great fucking day. Hit the fucking like button. Make sure you subscribe. See Dog nineteen eighty three TV out. Good night. You gotta have one of the most diverse groups of Panther fans. Is in like we've got Italians, we've got G babies, mm-hmm. we've got C like it's and you People know from the UK like yeah. Dexter and Rich. As long as I've been doing this show now, as we're in our 11th year, what I've come to realize is that's what makes this. It's so awesome to meet people from different walks of life with different perspectives. Like when we go, when we went to training camp, just the different types of people from the different places that we, it it really is heartening to me. Uh, Really cool stuff and uh, brings up a lot of good points. Uh, everybody knows their football that calls in too. Um, with Sea Dog, I would say this is you know I heard, used to hear that Charlotte was too nice of a sports town. That um, <laughs> they would be okay with going seven and nine. We're now, and that was in a sixteen game. Like it's like as long as you're pretty good, but not terrible. Nobody's going to be mean to the coaches. The radio shows aren't going to be too mean to the players. It's not like Philly. It's not like New York. It's not like the fucking Patriots now who have won all those championships. They're just. Well, I think we're getting to a point, though, where you're testing. You're not seven and nine, though. I mean, even when you were um, seven and ten. Yeah. I mean, when you were, I mean, at the end of the day, we were still willing to let go of a of of a you know Ron Rivera and 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 what have you. I mean, we were getting frustrated, uh, you know, because we did get that. Here's the difference: I think we've gotten that we finally had three years in a row where we won the the NFC South, right? We were we missed one season, went right back to the playoffs the next season. So four out of five years, we were a successful uh, in, a, in a, you know, relatively speaking, a successful franchise and then all of a sudden it just fell off of a cliff and so i think that because we had the taste of what a good team feels like i think it became unacceptable to not be a good team Um, i think also we've been bad we haven't been okay we haven't we're starting to get so bad now we can't be nice nobody's gonna be fucking nice. and i don't Uh, know that i don't know that we will be um I don't know that a new coach is going to get some grace next year, but yeah. two years in a row of being okay. Oh, we're going to be coach, mean again. Yeah, we're going to be mean again. Let's get to this playoff picture, do our ISO picks, and get the heck on. Man, yeah, uh, but- thank you all for listening. Three hours in, still everybody here.
Yeah, man. Really cool, dude, man. Dude, C three Nation. I wouldn't trade y'all for the world, man. Y'all are certified. You're trading for Ben Johnson. Yeah. No, nah, not even. Yeah. Hell no. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the C three people. I wouldn't trade them at all. They're not on the trade block. We need them. We need them. All right, let's. Storylines uh, here, baby. We're oh, already over. We're already over three hours, but dude, we have to talk a little bit about these playoffs, man. The current seeding as stands, and dude, there's some great matchups. Uh, first in the AFC, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers teeing off against the Buffalo Bills, a resurgent Buffalo Bills. With Josh Allen and Joe Brady. Yeah, this is Brady. a massacre right here. Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. Then uh, we've got the Miami Dolphins. Out. But you want to you want to go game by game? Well, we'll just talk real quick off? about each story, like, like whatever right. you want to say. Right. Is Dolphins Chiefs? This was cool because if the Tyree Dolphins would have won, they would have been playing the Bills again. Yeah, two weeks which, in a row. That would have been neat. All right. Dolphins are getting uh, are just. Hobbled. They don't have a. Did the Dolphins win the division or the Bills did? The Bills, the Bills won the division. Damn, man. So they came up at the last game of the year and told. Yeah, the I mean, yeah. the winner of that game wins the division. Yeah. Wow, uh, because the so, Bills swept them that year, this year. This is um, a tough road game, too. It's supposed to be like zero degrees uh, harder for the passing attack. Uh, you got to wonder what the wind is going to be like. And Tua doesn't have the biggest arm. I mean, it's just true. Tyreek dealing with some injuries. They're hurt all the way up. Is I don't see them coming out of Arrowhead with a win. They haven't beat a good team all year either. And I think Dallas. there's something they that, that, said that when the tough get going, the going get tough. You're talking about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. Travis don't write Kelsey. them mugs off. Don't They've mind. been there, man. They've been there, and you dare not sleep on them. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, sleep on the Chiefs, but I'll tell you what. Um, the Chiefs have not been the Chiefs. No, they're not. They're not. And I just would rather play um, somebody else other than I'd rather play right, the Browns. Right. Yep. Or the, so the- this next one, dude, is the one that I'm like pumped for. I'm like legit pumped for the Cleveland Browns traveling to Houston. To take on the offensive rookie of the year and CJ Stroud. Dude, I told yeah. you this before, Tony. I'm pulling for the Browns, man. Dude, Not I me. think I'm the Browns the are one dude. of the best stories. And I mean, I'm, I, I love CJ. I love his story. But, dude, I just think it would be so cool. Dude, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I love the Joe Flacco story, man. Sure, this sure. is going to be the. Cool. This, this is going to be the biggest test for CJ Stroud. Not just because it's on yes. one of the biggest, it, probably, stage, I, I would argue big the stage. biggest stage he's ever played on. And against um, that defense, too. Against that Cleveland defense, he is going to be having, he's going to have his hands full. And if he's able to come out and put a performance on that is even average, I think that that speaks volumes to his. I think the Texans find a way to win this game. I, I mean, I'm kind of, yeah. they're the underdog, I would say, but man, and Flacco has been playing crazy, but th- it's not ludicrous to see the Texans advancing here. The problem, the problem no. that I have is if the Texans yeah, win, sure. they're going to get destroyed at Baltimore. Oh, sure. But both of these teams are. I don't know. The Browns. 
played the Baltimore Ravens pretty well. The Browns beat the Ravens. Oh, they they didn't right. beat them bad. Oh, wow. Wasn't it like a blowout? Yeah. Dude, how about this? The the Browns, they beat the the um the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so they're the opposite of the Dolphins. Yeah, and dude, also think of the story, right? We're gonna talk about this with the Rams in Detroit in a second. But imagine Joe Flacco I going uh, into Baltimore. Imagine what that does to Deshaun Watson and next year. And oh my God. They've got Deshaun for the foreseeable future. Yeah, if the Browns win, they go to Baltimore. No, they would they would go no, to do the they Bills because yeah, no, because it's it's the Bills get whoever's the hot next highest seed. Whoever would be like because they're the lowest seed, they're number two seed. Baltimore uh, would get the right, lowest. I also, possible didn't seed mean, I also didn't mean next. Like just the fact oh, that so it they could receive. happen. Okay. Like it could happen. Like if the Browns yeah. went out and the Ravens went out, that's your AFC championship game. Yeah, in yeah. Baltimore. All right, uh, on the NFC side, here's another one. Is oh, gotta, by the way, my pick is Bills, uh, Chiefs, and Browns. Uh, I'm Bills, Chiefs, and Texans. Uh, but I'm picking with my heart a lot too with that Texans one. I just want a cool storyline. Is like I think that that's an upset storyline. I think there's two upset storylines that, or maybe even three. Look, don't sleep on Green Bay right now. Who is Jordan Love's playing better? Cowboys have to win big in a big game. I think they're. Kicked out the Cowboys. That would be. Yeah. Can we also talk about the storyline between the Texans and the Browns? What's that? Yeah, which one? Oh, because of Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Texans yeah. are the team they are right now because of that trade. And he's Cleveland. not even a part of it. And he's not even a part of it. What so if the Texans go in there and win, not only did the Tex- did the Browns have the opportunity to build a team, like obviously they have a great team, but right now the questions are pretty big around the quarterback, whether they made the right choice or not. As of now, I said, if you don't have a Super Bowl in the first three years, um, bringing Deshaun Watson, you lost that. That trade. I think Deshaun Watson goes down as the worst trade in NFL history. Well, Bryce is going to be arguing, have an argument nah, on that right nah, now. You don't, the two, nah, you don't got the two hundred and thirty-four million guaranteed as part of it. Um, Green Bay is facing the Cowboys, who have not lost a home game this year. So that would be um, wild if that was the case. But Jordan Love is playing really good football right now. Um, the Chargers go to Detroit. How about Detroit with a home? The Rams. The Rams. Rams. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, The Rams go to Detroit. Detroit with a home game. You know, the the best storyline out of every one of them. Dude, golf meeting McVeigh again. You know how you were were talking about the story with the Browns and the Texans? Think about the trade that happened between the Rams and the. Yeah, goddamn Super Bowl. Golf. Yeah, they swap quarterbacks. Uh, Dude, think about. This game is going to be great. I think I think the Lions pull. I'm suspect the Lions win a big game. The, so, so it's like the only do. thing the Lions should win this game, but I think the Rams could because the Lions choke under the lights. Well, if, if you're a Ben Johnson, choke, go ahead. I would say if the Lions choke, then you might have to, there might be some additional consideration for Ben Johnson. Maybe. Yeah, and that, that's all I was about to say, CK, is that if the, uh, you know, if you're a Ben Johnson fan, if that's your guy, then you're pulling for the Lions. You want them to continue to impress. 
I feel like right what now, it's just their like how, defense, though, what if it's the Rams offense that beats the Lions defense? Well, and that's what they're saying that, the, you know, uh, the past few games, the Ram, the Lions, rather, they've really struggled against these passing attacks of a lot of these different They had teams. the worst defense in the league last year, I think, and at one point. Right now, you have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to Cooper Cup, Pukunakua, Tyler Higby. Like, they have dudes over there, wild. man. And this and is not – you didn't want to face them. If you're the Lions, you would much be right. rather playing the other teams. And, dude, um, Matt, like the, Lions, know, dude. the Lions – I'd rather play Green Bay. Out. I'd rather play Philly. I'd rather play Tampa right Green now. Green Bay's playing great football right now. The only ones I would agree with other than uh, – I, I don't think I would want to play Green Bay over top of the Rams. I would rather play – I would say the Eagles for sure and the Buccaneers. Um, I think those are the the, the potential weakest of the uh, – of the NFC at this I see, point. I disagree. Time. I think Green Bay, they didn't win their division. The Lions did. But uh, another great storyline in the making, or I think it could be, I could see, is there a world where the Bucks advance? Yes. Dude, the Eagles look like shit right now. The Eagles <laughs> look the Eagles are a better team, dude. They're a better fucking team. But you got Jalen Hurts, who bro- who injured his finger on his throwing hand. You've got uh, A.J. Brown, who got a knee injury, and their offense stalled after that. Um, no, their offense has stalled for the past six weeks. But sure. more importantly is their defense stinks this year. Yeah, their defense has somehow gone absolutely haywire. The Eagles right now, um, this is... This is an example is. of what happens when you have a good team and it's because of your coordinators. Right? They figured know. out when you if you ask Eagles fans, this is the most predictable offense you could ever ask for. Um Jalen Hurts has not continued he's performed, he's underperformed uh from what you would have expected from him coming in this year after last year. Um Super and AJ and Sirianni has somehow lost the locker room. No, no. Have you not heard this story? But yeah, but also, okay, aren't Eagles fans very reactionary? Yeah, I think it's also fans like, that are doing. I don't think the players are like that. Antonio Brown stuck up from him the other day. AJ Brown, yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you. Um, the Eagles are three point favorites. Uh, uh, on one last note, real quick about that Lions uh, Rams. How crazy would it be, right? Because the Lions, they never make it out of the first round of the playoffs, even when they do make it. That Stafford would come in there. This guy has been their quarterback forever, and he would be the one that took it from them. Dude, that's a bittersweet pill. Did you hear that apparently they issued a Matthew Stafford yeah, jersey ban? I've heard uh, that. And really? the, and the line, yeah, dude, you're that's not allowed to up. wear. That's kind of messed up. I don't uh, know Stafford if should be, that should be legal. Well, Kelly, uh, uh, Kelly Stafford. Uh, had a little something to say about it, but the other, I want to see green Bay at, all right. So Eagles, three points, favorites, uh, Browns, two point favorites. Yeah. Uh, green Bay at where Dallas, uh, at Dallas. I yeah, really I wanted to look at probably like five or six point favorite. That right? one's going to be big. Uh, I really want to look at the I'd say five or six. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's favored Dallas green Bay seven and a half for Dallas. Oh, Damn. wow. And I mean, they're undefeated at home. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Rams at Lions line. That one's a three point game, a three point, I bet, in favor of the uh, Lions. Uh, you're about dead on three and a half Lions. 51 over under. 
All right. Uh, that's the playoff matchup. Uh, we got ice up picks. We'll skip the T. We got plenty of time to talk about T. Higgins and those guys in the future. What a great show tonight. Uh, despite us. Not really. I don't know any of those damn GM candidates, but I had a lot to say about it. That's why it was such a good show, man. It was. I I feel like I learned something. Yeah. Because again, I'm throwing together the presentation, but I'm not really reading it. So I feel like we all learned something. Do we have great viewership throughout great the duration calls, of the show? We're still at 132 viewers. Great calls. Great comments. Great super chats. C3 One. Nation. Is the best Panther podcast community of them all. I'll go to my grave with that. I agree. I love it. Um, all right. Uh, let's ice some fools up. Ice it up. Toughen up. Get it together. Our homage to Steve Smith. Ice up, son. Ice up. I've got three. They're short ones, though, so they're not well, going to take me go a long first, time. Let's I only have one. one. Mine's also okay. really short, so I'm going right, to go. I'm going to go. You go, then I go, then CK goes, and then I'll do my last. All right. Uh, I'm just icing up uh, the person that you know saves up to buy their dream car just to get it all ruined coming out of the dealership. Oh, God. So sad. Now, I feel like it could also be fake, but the dude's pulling out of the dealership. I don't know yeah, what how car is he's in. his headband pop off that quick. Let's see it again. His headband like exploded, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I found another one that would have been so great. I hate that I all the videos are ruined by my cynicism that the internet is fraud. It's the majority of these are end up being uh, just scripted. I'm gonna try and find. I'm gonna try and find uh, another one that I found. My old roommate, he's uh, sadly passed away. He was killed in a drive-by shooting uh, in the most random events in Greenville history. He went and bought this motorcycle. Went and brought it back, and he had never really ridden motorcycles. Got this big ass like crotch rocket, broke his shoulder in the first eight, like fucking laid this motorcycle down and behind Michelangelo's pizza, fucked his collarbone up. Like I mean, <laughs> just in the first five seconds, you know, it was just like, damn, you didn't even get to the curb, bro. Um, all right, here is my first one. Is this is. We talked about this in the post game show. This yes. is the Tepper suite. So, oh, that's what they said. I don't know if that was real. Well, what, what did somebody Photoshop this? No, this was no. Pretty, I mean, they're saying that there was that like day. a screen. I think the joke is that there's a screen in front of it to prevent Tepper from throwing shit out the window. I think I don't think it's real. It. You, what do you think this is? Do you think it's just a rant? Like it just looks like this because of the angle they're on? So I why do none of the that. other I've ones never have seen, I've never seen an angle like this. I feel like something's put up there so you can't see in. That's what I'm wondering is if it's I'm, some sort of like a, a weird tent that has a weird angle that they're looking at like, from a weird angle, but it does prevent like the cameras seeing him and everything. One like way, that. like it's like a what? Yeah. It's like kind of like a two way mirror in an interrogation room. Yeah, I mean, are we uh, sure this is his his suite? No, I'm not, but I'm just gonna say it is. 
And uh, second is like, yeah, you can don't camel me and take me to court, Tepper. Um, ah, that's such a dumb story. I think this is like, if this really is his suite and they did this, that's some like, what a bitch at. Like, just sit in the back. Don't go. Just sit in the back. Don't sit close to the window. Don't go to the game. Go watch it on your like. What the f- like? That's it to me. This is embarrassing. Whatever that is, if that's David Tepper's suite and they have to do that, I find that embarrassing. Ice up, CK. You got one for us? Um, yeah. So uh, there's uh, and I'm trying to keep this as un- unbiased as possible. So I am a fan of some of the things that. Robert Kennedy Jr. says, um, I like him as an independent uh, uh, candidate uh, in the uh, race this year. However, he had recently, uh, you know, him, not he did not. A super PAC that's supporting him had announced that they're throwing a birthday fundraiser for RFK Jr. And uh, just listed like Martin Sheen and some people that were going to be coming, some celebrities, A-list celebrities that were going to be showing up. And every single one of the celebrities came out and said, that's not true. I've never heard of this event whatsoever. I will not be attending. I I do not support, you know, RFK Jr. and and what he believes. I I am in full support of Joe Biden or whomever it may be for them. And it's a bad look because it's not RFK that was saying these things. It wasn't his event. He was going to be attending because it was his birthday and it was a fundraiser. But he had no control over the guest list or that announcement or what have you. But it looks absolutely yeah, the super PAC set him back. Yeah. Oh, the super PAC set him back in a massive way. I feel like right now he already had an uphill battle. Um, but uh, yeah. So for that, uh, that incident, I'm going to say uh, ice up, son. Ice up. All right. Um, here's my next one. It's real quick. Uh, Alamance County Elementary School appears in court after sex charge crime. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw this, dude. Panther shirt, <laughs> Panthers t shirt. I got an old Walmart on one right now. He got one on too. I'm not, that ain't my, mother. but look, got ice up, dude. Man, damn. Like, it's like nothing is going good for the Panthers. And then, what would a night be without an almost death? Uh, on the C3 Panthers podcast. This one's funny. The net, the tweet says, hold on, I want to see what the tweet says. Bro was going down no matter what. All right, uh, here we go. <laughs> Why this car blows up, I have no idea. But look at the <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. Oh my god! I'm out. Dude, that's brutal, man. Yeah, he's getting no matter what. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> somebody said that looks fake too. I can see that, but like, how do you fake that? I mean, there's there's easy ways to do. I wouldn't say easy, but there's people out there who are willing. Yeah, to and why does a do car that. blow up at a car wash? Like that's not a car wash, actually. I don't know what that what is. What is that? Yeah, I was wondering. So it, crazy. What was it that came flying out? Like, was that a gas? That's thing? like, like his, what is it? Oh, yeah, we'll watch it one more time uh, because 
Don't ruin this for me, folks, with this saying it's fake. That's uh, AI. Let me have my moment. This is not AI. <laughs> it does look like it's AI. It's like, I don't know. Whatever That's that red thing comes no out of the back. <laughs> oh, dude, there's uh, no way that's real. Uh, I hope it is. There's no uh, way. Trunk Meth Lab, somebody said. All right. Uh, that's C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night into the wee hours of Wednesday morning, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Hop in the car with us as we head to games and back and forth. Now we're heading to the draft. We're heading to the interview room right now to hire the GM. We're going to be heading to the interview room to hire this next head coach. And we expect you to be along for the ride. We appreciate all the ears that have been listening all the time, all the energy, all the great comments. Uh, Don't ruin it for me. Leo factor. That video I'm going to sleep with tonight is real. No, but I could see what they're saying. Hold on. You got the other comment towards the end there that uh, might lead to you believing it, but also what they say, the sound effects. Um, no, I laughed at the that the first time I saw it, but I think the guy died from his injuries. At least that's what I was told. Ooh. Now I don't know if I should like it as much as I'm like. That's how you know it's a video that Tony likes. Now <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so conflicted right now. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. To that way, it's Cody Lashney. That is CK. We're here all the time. Join us. Cody Lack, take us out of here. See three nation. Until next time, keep pounding. Keep pounding.